you're live. Live? What's going on, everybody? Cali Death Podcast back once again, episode 160. I am your host, Anthony Trapani, and I am always joined by my resident homies. I got Joseph K., Casey Howard, and Joel Horner with me tonight. What up, dudes? What up? Yeah. Not always, but sometimes. I, well, I always have at least one resident homie with me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and tonight we're uh, joined by uh, a, a friend of the show for a while you know and definitely been a part of the cali scene for quite some time it's been it's definitely overdue for this man to be on the show with us tonight i'm very happy and excited to sit here and talk with sam lanyon tonight what up dude evening all how are you guys doing good brother what up what up, what up man? so uh you came on my radar through nate our mutual friend nate from montageny and anomalous and uh he had showed me your EP back when you had first put it out, or maybe you were just about to put it out. SL one, by the way, everybody go to Bandcamp and check that shit out. It is a mad, mad. Uh, I wouldn't. It's, it's it's only six songs or five songs, but the song lengths are like eight to ten minutes. Yeah, I called it an EP, but then I saw how long it was, and somebody was like, "Your album," and I'm like, "Okay, yeah, <laughs> okay." But yeah, dude, that yeah, uh, that was um, cool. something that just you know blindsided me when i listened to it dude it's really good stuff and and i actually had a great time this week re uh listening to it over and over again i listened to it probably like four or five times this week at work and um yeah dude it's really really killer stuff i i it's it's definitely top shelf you know on par with any other high caliber musician in our scene right now dude so wow. thank you I'm, just, I'm really glad you enjoy. Just Hell to put yeah. it like on like what Anthony's saying too. He's he sent it to all of us and like probably individually or in the group chat was like, listen to this. Like he like made a big point to like everyone listen, like listen, like don't just like skip <laughs> anything. Like listen to the whole thing. He was very very adamant. So yeah, now I was like listening to him like whole. The first thing I said was like, oh Jesus or something. I was like, fucking Jesus Christ, because <laughs> it, it blew my mind. It was like fucking next level fucking banana tech shred banana and it's five years old <laughs> yeah, I, no, Nate's, I, Nate's the man. I heard it for the first time like an hour ago and i was like why the fuck have i not heard this yet this is super sick i mean i give it my highest endorsement possible so this is fire oh, yeah. shit yeah. yeah dude for sure um it's like the it, opposite of your like your mic yeah your mic's <laughs> right now. yeah you're farting a lot right now dude <laughs> sorry awesome. um, no, um i forgot to bring a mic stand home from the studio so i have i could plug this in but i'd have to hold it <laughs> the whole right. time well, Should I do the, that? The, the distortion's the, the distortion's worth it all right i'll do that <laughs> no yeah, it's all good it's pretty, uh... i i walk i can't i logged in you know a little later didn't do the sound test so 
Uh, oh, so shit. Jedi hard grind hard. in the chat. Dude, haven't seen you in the chat for Oh, yeah. He's been in weeks. here the whole time. What up, Murray? Murray's Always a pleasure to have Murray in the chat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, like uh, with, with what Joseph was saying, um, and I'm sure Casey might have something to say about it, too. But, um, yeah, dude, there's no way we can keep track of everything, right? So we're eventually going to come across stuff that we're like, oh, dude. I'm five years behind on this or something like that, you know, but if, it doesn't really matter when you come across it, you know, you, it, it, if it's still, you still connect with it, then it's new music at that time, you know? And like I said, it's, it's, even though it's five years old, it's still so relevant today when you listen to what's popular now in metal and, and um, there's lots of variety of stuff that, you know, is, popular styles today too in the progressive metal scene and all that stuff and the symphonic shit is amazing dude i think you should be doing uh soundtracks for movies and shit dude that's that's what's up. that's that's an idea that, that i've had for quite a bit some time so uh, lately i've been trying to fill the old instagram with just cinematic stuff like it's not geared towards any projects or anything but it's more like a hey if you need work you know hit me up you know because is, is, is it independent yeah yeah it's not really i mean um i have been talking to uh to a buddy who's working on a, a low budget horror film mm-hmm. um and i'm waiting to hear back from that because he asked me to help him like kind of write some scenes and stuff like that it's not like super long it's a like 30 minute uh horror comedy you know mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. what they're looking for is like the actual horror like kind of OST, like so that it like makes it that much more hilarious. Yeah. So, so oh, when yeah. you say writing scenes, are you actually contributing scenes to the movie, or you're saying writing two scenes? No, two uh, scenes? scoring two scenes. Excuse me. Go. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. So, but uh, I need to. I think I need to go back and remix that because I think I was just so uh, the SO one. I was very excited to just pump it, pump it out. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, just to get something out there, you know, because for a second I was just releasing whatever single, you know. Um, but then it was a uh, mutual friend, Mike Williams. He was like, "You should put a package of songs together, you know, and mm. make it something to chew, something more to chew on." Um, and then, so I was dancing around with that, and uh, that's when I heard of uh, Spitfire Audio. Uh, they sample orchestras and they sample them by the section. So it's kind of like the tune track superior drummer of orchestras. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah. Pretty awesome. neat. Yeah, dude. Cool. Totally. Dude. It's a software, but totally worth it. Oh yeah. Let's uh, get in. Let's get into some plugs before we get off and running completely. Um, you know how we do it. Battleforgecoffee.com up top. As always, our homies in deeds of flesh put together a coffee company shit they've been going almost what two years maybe at least a year but it's two, good stuff now for is like two or three or how long is the podcast three years yeah so like three years, years. Yeah. years something like that either way dude it's a great company they they make good product and they also have good swag and all that shit you guys you guys can go support uh deeds side hustle over there Cali Death represent. Then we got uh, Generator Rehearsal Studios. Oh no, for I always do that one second now. Generatorrehearsalstudios.com is where you're gonna go. 
to uh, rent a space to jam in if you're in the SoCal, specifically Oceanside area. Um, the homies over there, you're, you'll be also helping out some friends. Then um, with us, CaliDeathPodcast.BigCartel.com is where you could get a shirt or two. That's uh, the only types of shit we sell on that site. And that's that's uh, that's how you can support our merch our merch uh, pile for the next run. Because that's literally what we do with that money. You just put it into the next run. And then what else? Is there anything else? Any shows, Joseph? You got shows? How's my mic now? Is it any better? It's better, Much way better. Okay. Yeah, dude. I'm playing. Uh, why didn't that pop up? Um, a show with <laughs> to violently vomit was announced. Um, I'm trying to display it, but it's not coming up. But it's um, Gulf right, Coast here. Death Fest, uh, Houston on March hey, 8th. What? No, it's And uh, that's with a bunch of sick ass bands out in Houston, Texas. And then next week is New Jersey. Death Fest, March 15th. So basically back-to-back weekend shows in March uh, to Miley Vomit, uh, Texas, and New Jersey. So that'll Ooh. be the next confirmed show stuff and then some other stuff coming up we're excited to announce soon. So Oh, there it is. Yeah, it's weird. I can't. I'm trying to show them too. Oh, the, oh they're because they're uploaded as backgrounds. Back. Not, uh, oh, overlay. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Show it again real quick, dude. And, because you should show right, these. Here guys. they come. Here like, they come, boys. Uh, here's the t- Gulf Coast Death um, Fest. Anyone want to take a stab at the band in the middle top there? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Domestic then, terror? Uh, uh, I'm going to go with. Uh, 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 you might be onto something with because uh, I, I see an E too. Uh, Ergot? No. Erborg. I'll look it up. Um, go, I'm saying Erborgs. <laughs> no, I bet you it's Erborgs. a two-word. It's a two-word thing in that top. It's like Kodiak, <laughs> Kodiak yeah. with a C. Oh, a two-word thing. Ah, oh, that's rude. <laughs> I think you're right. Well, you yeah, figure it was... out. I'll, I want to shout out uh, stages of decomposition, co-headlining, and then Volsiphonus and Submerged have some San Diego homies uh, that are really cool guys. So. That's nice. who I'm very excited to jam alongside with. And then here's oh, the yeah. New Jersey Death Fest lineup. We got Dripping headlining the next oh, day. Damn. We're playing alongside That's Waking like... the Cadaver, Condemn, Petrid Pile, Malignant. A lot of big, big, big hitters there. Oh, man. I was stoked to see some Dripping jam footage that had recently surfaced from like a newer jam. And I was like, oh, shit, dude, Dripping's coming back. And now here's confirmation, dude. That was insane for me to discover because it's kind of like cephalic carnage uh, style, like almost like combining any possible other music style into like brutal slamming death metal. Mm -hmm. Um, And they were doing it like 20 years before the new era of kind of like hip hop influence slam. So they were kind of like way ahead of the curve on that. And I don't know, just a cool era for experimenting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's what I got going on. And then in the meantime, uh, expect some news from my solo project and some other stuff. So. Boom. Uh, yeah. Hell yeah. And Sam, where do you want people to go for you? Um, You can go to the anomalous uh, 
the merch page that we have posted on our Facebook. We now have our pre-orders up for the recreate of Cognitive Dissonance. We have CDs, we have t-shirts, we have posters. We even have a package bundle where you can get all of those together. There's, I believe we there's even an advertise of copies of Onivalent. So if you don't have your copy yet, uh, go ahead and buy it. Great, awesome. great album. Also great, like, like advertisement. Usually most people are like, uh, you can go to like bandcamp.piss.bart. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a... That was a good, that was probably one of the better, you know, like I'm hyped. And again, I'm plug hyped. that SL1 real quick too. This Bandcamp page for that too, right? Yeah, there's a samlanding.bank or bandcamp.samp, one or the other, bandcamp.samlanding.com. Uh, and then it's, you know, it's the only one up there. I need to make something new and put something else up there. Yeah, there yeah. it is. And you, if you scroll to the top, you can see my old school you know, little mini portable setup that that thing was recorded on. It was a pain in the dick because it only has like eight gigs of RAM. What <laughs> 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 uh, green though? Uh, well, those were those monitors. My lady found me some, or my wife, excuse me. She found me some pretty decent sized monitors and it kind of like set the mood. You know, I'm like, all right, you know, I can get down with this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then one more plug, uh, shout out to my buddy, Alejandro Yanez. He is his band called the future ancients. Um, go and check that out. It's, it's so if, if you like Spanish flamenco and you mm -hmm. like death metal okay. and some black metal, mm -hmm. you'll enjoy that. It goes mm. like this bossa nova Spanish flamenco into this animals as leaders. And then this disgusting black metal. And there's a, <laughs> There's a whole lot of elements in there. I had the pleasure of helping produce it a little bit. Sick, um, sick. And he is uh, a local Mendocino shredder. I would uh, recommend checking that out. The future ancients. Nice. nice. The future the ancients. Future ancients, dude. Uh, I'm. 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 I'm... Sorry, Can you hear sorry, me? Hear uh, me? Uh, uh, I, did, uh, I, I made did, a, I made I a mistake. mistake. All right. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> we good? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. It was he was cutting out. He was talking. His voice was cutting out. So I was trying to like eliminate Take that and... in the in the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's all just... good, dude. Um, was... all right, dude. So let's fucking get going on this, uh, Sam, dude. Let's go back to your childhood. Let's let's hear about okay. what it was like coming up. You know, earliest memories of art, music, creativity, that type of stuff. What your parents were listening to. You know the show. Absolutely. So um, I come from a musical family. Uh, my mother, not so much. She was like, she sang songs, you know, the songs that she loved uh, growing up in her era, like the 60s and 70s, you know, rock era. And uh, my dad brought me up on um, what they would call classic rock. I call it 70s and 60s and 70s rock, you know, rock and roll, because that's what it was, you know, calling it classic, I think is a little... Yeah, Names and bands. Uh, like Led Zeppelin, Emerson, Lincoln Palmer, yeah. The Doors, Jimi Hendrix, um, Allman Brothers Band, you know. And I think when I was three, that's when I started noticing uh, I really liked percussive elements, taking pencils or spoons, just banging on anything that I possibly could. A lot of people. So uh, to back up real quick, um, I'm actually a drummer first. A lot of people don't know that because they hear my guitar work. So um, I started playing drums 
my brother tells me earlier, but I say age three. I, I would say that probably the comfortable area, when I first landed on a drum set, my brother started teaching me his first piece was age three. Um, but my dad had VHS tapes. Not only does he had this huge stereo system. I'm going all over the place. I have ADHD. Bear with me. Yeah, this huge stereo system had like that that EQ on it, and then it had all these other knobs. But up top was a vinyl player, and then two cassette players. But he had all this vinyl that he collected through his time, and uh, he also had VHS tapes. Yeah, what up, VHS? Hell yeah. Um, of there would be like music videos of e anything and everything, um, performances from Almond Brothers Band, which I would just be enamored staring at it, you know, like just listening to the guitar work, not knowing what was going on. But then the band ZZ Top caught my ear, like for the first ear and eye, because it was the music video for, can't remember if it was Sharp Dress Man or give me all your love and one of the two but just seeing those three musicians play together i couldn't help but it just it was sensational to me you know right, and I was right. like, that is cool that's what i want to do like that's when i grow up to be as tall as my dad that's what i want to do then i <laughs> you know saw almond brothers band of course Jimi hendrix um whatever live performances he had just the fact that human beings were performing in front of human beings crammed together <laughs> yeah uh, i was like that is where it's at like that's where the imagination hit um, totally totally so i got the echo first, again dude the are you talking with the wait sorry dude joel are you fucking with shit again no 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 i think it might be you for real well now it's fine but when he talks i echo so like anytime I'm like, yeah, yeah, I hear. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, dude. I think you're just those mushrooms are kicking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry. I just don't That's want okay. it to be a thing like the whole fucking episode. Roll with it. Roll All with right. it. Let's, right. do it. Let's um, do it. So, um, so yeah, you were getting into how, how performing, performing. Yes. <laughs> I heard it right, I heard it right there too. Oh no! It's oh back. no! It's okay. back. Okay. So you're having me click things that are no. Actually I'm not. Nobody's worse. telling you to click anything. Oh, now I'm getting it. No, it's oh. gone now, right? It's gone now, right? Here we go. What? I think it might be Professor. Do you have? Uh, are you listening through uh, speakers? Oh, I'm getting no. it. Hard. Okay. But here, what if I? Shall I jump out and jump back in again? <laughs> no, no. We'll figure it out. So what is it that we're fucking with though? Like, what is it that's causing it? Joseph, Such a disaster, dude. Joseph. Dude, Mercury, this Mercury. guy has called Green it a disaster crack. stream. <laughs> Thanks, generic name nine eight seven. So are we? Are we yeah. just gonna keep trying to go or what? <laughs> I know. Just I don't hear the echo anymore. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, just keep just proceed. But Sam does. Does he? Are you hearing the echo I right now, Sam? Um, yeah, you're the problem. Oh, really? I'm, I'm the problem. Yeah. <laughs> no. Let me exit and get back in. No, no, no. Yeah, it can't be something to do with that. Through, but... Do you have any? Do you have your uh, monitors playing as well as your headphones? 
No, my my headphones are so I have these uh these THX like monitors that plug right into the headphone jack. So it's not like have, running the, the, those crazy. monitors are not on though, right? Like you, you can't hear the monitors aren't coming out. No, playing no, you oh, okay. can't hear anything. Um, yeah, the my family's watching TV behind me, so they they can only hear me talking to myself. I've gone through the settings of the audio and the echo cancellation. Yeah, yeah, they're both on for for, for him too. Yeah, if I turn off the echo cancellation, then I can hear myself talking. Which means gonna, if he if he could check, I have. Oh wait, echo cancellation must be off to you, stereo. Oof. Excuse me. I have reduced on. mic background noise. That's weird. Turn, yeah, make sure the echo cancellation thing's on. Echo. It should be on. Yeah, it should be. Yeah, on. echo cancellation is on. Reduce mic okay. background noise is on. Very good. Let's try it now. Is it still? Sounds good to me. I, oh, I'm still getting it. It's oh, same really? Okay, it sounds good to everyone else. This is crazy. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you could restart your computer too. Yeah, we could chat it up for a few minutes while you yeah, restart or whatever. Try that dude, at this point. Do you think a restart would? Okay. Oh, yeah. All right, I'll be right back, gentlemen. All right, all right. no problem, dude. It's all good. So you guys want to do like a wiener length <laughs> comparison? I'm I think I'm. <laughs> Actually, it's pretty cold right now. I might lose. <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah well this is 160 episodes dude we should be happy that we've had the least yeah. amount of technical difficulties so and doing it live you gotta just deal with this so it's all good oh yeah. fuck How, how's everybody fuck this guy are you guys fuck ready for the? This? are you are you there are you ready for jesus's birth are you guys ready for jesus oh it's coming up yeah, that was a quick restart. Hello, you see family and stuff. Yes, sir. What yeah. up, dog? Yay, nay. I'm back. And do you hear echo? People, okay, so the echo's gone, but there's a lot of static when someone speaks. Okay. Um, let's see, edit mic settings. Uh, uh, you have all the things on. Uh, 4.7 inches. You know what? Let me fuck with my settings as well. Let me just see. If okay, I okay. Can't, um, it's a fun thing about and if they're like a different set of speakers, like their background is like immaculate, like, like literally their looks like is like immaculate. Oh, oh, god, hear myself now. <laughs> hey, <laughs> testing. Hey, <laughs> oh, it's gone. <laughs> So yeah, podcasting, podcasting is fun, dude. So what do you guys do for? Why we do it every week? Yeah, what are you doing? I mean, Anthony, you're in Rockland. I mean, yeah. uh, what's your address? Where are you doing? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm having a long weekend up here. I took tomorrow off, so I'm gonna be chilling up here until Tuesday morning. Yeah, dude, got Santa coming down the chimney, dude. Oh shit! It's oh yeah, Sunday night, dude. Better yeah. watch out. I had a crazy psychedelic thought about uh, Santa and how uh, how he would actually get it done. You know, like what would be the the there most efficient so way for, for him to actually land at everybody's house at midnight? So he'd have to be moving from the North Pole to the South Pole up and down like a like a, a lie detector machine as fast as he could, hitting all the chimneys that cross as the Earth spinning. 
So he's actually technically in one spot and the earth's moving around. So no matter where he lands, it's still midnight at every single house. What up, dude? Okay. I think I sick. <laughs> fix it. <laughs> I think I did. Yeah. Everything nice. seems to be going. So, yeah. I think it was probably the way that I routed everything. My bad. No, it's all good. Good. no, it's all good. Huh? We don't give a shit. Um, so yeah, uh, kind of start back where you were talking last with the ZZ with Top live saying. performance. Oh, uh, yeah. So I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. And uh, mm. I come from so I come from a family of six. I have uh, there's three boys, three girls, and I'm the youngest of three boys. My two older brothers were drummers. Um, my brother Chuck was the one who sat me down at the drum kit and he just like taught me like some simple beats, you know? And it was like a monkey see monkey do situation. He didn't explain any theory. He was just like, do this. Mm -hmm. So I did that. And then he's like, all right, now let's teach you what drum fills are. So then did some drum fills and he started teaching me like the puzzle, like here's your main beat, here's your drum fill. Then you go into your, you know, started teaching me like the four, four drum structure. You said this is your brother, um, right? Yes, my older brother. My oh, oldest, how much older my oldest is he? brother. He I'll probably kick my ass. I forget his age every single time. But <laughs> how many of them are? You? How many are you? How many siblings? So I, uh, it's a family of six. I have two oh, older brothers, one older sister, and then two younger sisters. Um, and then my, so my oldest sister, she was like more of a singer. She sang in choir, like in high school. My oldest brother, who started me on drums, he played in like jazz band and stuff like that. So he would come home and teach me what he was learning. Then the middle brother, my brother Doug, he was uh, he was the one who was listening to like the metal stuff first, you know. And he would like not impose it on me, but like I would hear it in the room, like next door. And he was into you know like the new metal stuff, like Tool, uh, no, not uh, new metal, but Tool, Corn. Slipknot, my oldest brother Chuck, he was more into like the digital composers like Nine Inch Nails and Aphex Twin, you know, but yeah, we were still like a percussive like set of three. Um, but I was, you know, damn to, to ZZ Top and you know, Almond Brothers and the Doors. My oldest brother Doug, or older brother Doug, he was jamming to you know, punk bands and corn and. Uh, and then my oldest brother, he had like a MIDI controller where he was like being percussive on the keys, mm. but he would still jam on, he would still jam on the kit. Um, so he had a band, I forget what they're called. I think it was something like red eye girl somewhere in high school. And he took the kit that I used to practice on. So there was like an error. There was like a gap where like music was like relevant, but it wasn't like something I was doing like in grade school. Um, so that's when uh, I was like into movies. You know, I was into the music that was in movies. If there, it was if it wasn't scenes that like you know blew my mind away, it was movies. Mm -hmm. It was the 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 music to movies like um, Hans Zimmer scores, John Williams scores, Danny Elfman scores. You know, Nightmare Before Christmas, The Lion King, Gladiator. You know, right, uh, right. So. Um, I think when I was in third or fourth grade, uh, <laughs> sick drummer. <laughs> um, but somewhere between third and fourth grade, the drum set remerged back into my home, and I was like, oh, "That's right, 
I used to bash the hell out of you and think it was the most sensational thing ever. Right. Let's get back into this, you know? So around that time, it was very rare to see, you know, metal on TV. Sometime before that, that's when I heard Metallica, the Black Album. And I was like, what is this? Like the production, the guitars, the, you know, the singing. It was, it, it resonated, you know? So I'm like, is there more out there? Of course, you know, there's, we didn't really have MTV. We just had like VH1. So mm -hmm. you didn't really see too much, too much of that. Um, but then when Mediacom, Dish Network started coming around and people started getting satellite TV, you started getting MTV2 and you started seeing more, you know, Slipknot, Tool, porn music videos. Um, and my older brother, he drove this, I think it was an El Camino, but he put this huge like, stereo system in it with a huge woofer like real nice and loud and he always took me on ride-alongs to um to like listen to the music that he was listening to and he showed me one slipknot track and he's like could you do that with one foot i'm like that's impossible there's no, there's no <laughs> fucking way that dude's doing it with one foot and he's like well it's called double bass and i'm like what's that he's like so let's go home and we'd open up the thick musicians friends that you can like subscribe to for free back in the day yeah. And he would show me, he's like, that's it right there. It's called the double pedal, and you can use two of your feet. I'm like, I got to get my hands on one of those. Uh, but it didn't happen uh, until somewhere in, I want to say, like middle school, when I was 11. Um, I had a friend who moved from Vacaville. Uh, his name was Aaron Paulia. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the band of Mice and Men. Mm-mm. He, I've well, heard it's a huge band, right? That's a big band, right? Huge, huge band. He is their vocalist. Yeah. Oh, okay. wow. their lead singer. Yeah. But he moved like a couple of blocks away from like where uh, where I lived out in uh, Lake County. And we got, he heard me talking about playing guitar. And he's like, I play guitar. So I was like, all right, we'll get together and jam. Um, I think I should back up a little bit. ADHD kicked in. <laughs> <laughs> so so you're getting, yeah, you, you came across the double pedal and then that yes. became like a, a, a new goal. Get the double yes. pedal. It became a, uh, it became a mission to just find one so that I can get back to the monkey see monkey do. Cause there was no drummers where I lived to teach me anything. So everything was watching, you know, what this drummer was doing, what that drummer was doing, and then going back to the kit and refining the technique, um, if there was any. <laughs> <laughs> um, so sometime when I was, during that conversation that I was having with him, before I, uh, before I met him, I should say, I started skateboarding with my older brother's friend, uh, Nick Marcelino, who lives right across the street from me. And he had this Gibson knockoff of a six string. And I I was like, oh, that's right. You play guitar. So I'm sitting there looking at it while he's just, you know, editing his skate videos that him and my brother used to do, you know. And I'm just staring at the guitar. And I'm like, hey, man, you mind if I, like, pick this thing up? You know, I'm like 11 years old, about to turn 12. And he's like, yeah, sure, go, go ahead. And I'm just pressing frets. Like, yeah. noticing, you know. Because the way that I learned drums was listening to it by ear. So I was able to uh, 
deconstruct songs percussively. So I started going, I wonder if I can do this with guitar. So of course, the first thing I started figuring out was just the like root notes to Inner Sandman. Da, 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 da. <laughs> it sounded it sounded yeah. total like garbage, but I was like, okay, I think I could do this. And he's like, are you playing Metallica? <laughs> and he's like, no, man, no, this is the stuff you want to learn. And he showed me Deftones. Deftones is what he was into. He's like, you need to listen to this. He gave me Around the Fur. Yeah, so it's got some riffs. Yeah, it's one of the so first the riffs first... I ever learned was the the on summer. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. summer. So he showed me that riff, and then he showed me the second riff, and that's how I found out about drop D tuning. Yep, I'm like, yeah. okay, this is making it easier. You know, you don't have to, you know, power chord everything all over the place. Um, so I messed around with that, and then I that's when I so I took that home and I studied, listened to that album from front to back. The song that stuck out to me the most was Be Quiet and Drive. Yep. And I'm like, dude, you know how to play this song? And he goes, no, I don't. And there's no tablature for it anywhere. And I'm like, what are tabs? And he's like, you don't know what tabs are? I'm like, no. And he's like, this is the code. <laughs> this is yeah. the code of what, because there's no guitar teachers around here who are going to teach us this shit. So yeah. the, the numbers are the frets, the lines are the strings. And I'm like, Same. oh my God. Yeah. So <laughs> Back in the day, we had dial-up internet, right? Mm -hmm. So I was scouring the earth for whatever tabs I can find. I'm like, okay, well, what about corn? No, there's no corn tabs. What about Slipknot? No, there's no Slipknot tabs. But there's Deftones tabs. It was the strangest thing on earth. Um, and then, of course, there was the new metal phase where it was like, you know, there was also Papa Roach and uh, those catchy things that that was just shoved down your throat on MTV. As Lincoln Park, as yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, so around that time, um, I had this friend from grade school. His name is Aaron Moore, who's also a fantastic musician from Lake County. His dad was also starting to play guitar. And I went over to his house. We used to just like hang out, you know, where you just have that one friend who you hang out with in grade school. Um, and he's like, yeah, my dad's starting to play guitar. And I'm like, really? Let's go check. It. Let's go check it out because I play guitar, too. So I sat down with his dad. His dad's showing me like he's playing like jamming ACDC and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, yeah, my dad listens to that stuff. And he's like, OK, I'm like, can I see it? And he's like, yeah, sure. So I'm playing Deftones and whatever I was figuring out at the time. And he's like, do you have a guitar? I said no. And he's like, how is this possible? How are you able to play all these songs and, and you don't have a guitar at home? I'm like, well, I got like this acoustic noise that my brother has, but. He's like, yeah, but you're you're muting the strings like well, and you're you're using palm mutes as if you you own one at home. You really don't have one. I said no. So he's like, why don't you come work with me a couple of weekends? Because he did like construction, so he just made me do like you know small labors and stuff. And he bought me my first guitar. It was like a Excel. It was like a cheap knockoff mm. of Fender Strats, but it was it was great. It, it blew me away. I was like, wow, now I can <laughs> have my own guitar at home and go home and practice whatever I want and not have to worry about, you know, someone saying, oh, are you playing Metallica or are you playing <laughs> Slipknot? Um, so I took that thing home and just started figuring whatever I could out by ear, even if it was wrong. Even if I knew it was wrong, I'm like, I like this song. Let's sit here and like press the hold the rewind button on the CDs because that's how you rewound songs on CDs was you held, <laughs> you held the rewind <laughs> yep. button, right? Yeah. So 
over and over again until I, you know, hearing my brothers going like, hey, dude, you know, we really like those albums. Like, can you just, just be a little more careful? I was like, I'm just rewinding it. I'm not, I'm not scratching it. Yeah. Um, so a few years into that, that's when I met Aaron Pauly. And Aaron Pauly was like, dude, come to my house and jam. And the coolest part about Aaron Pauly's family was they had, uh, it was a nice house. And it looked like there was two garage, like for like one car here and one car there. They made this room out of like the second garage and it was just perfectly in. So you could jam all night, like practically. Oh, yeah. It was like a, there was a drum set in there. There was amps. There was just a jam room where like we're a place where, you know, young musicians can thrive. <laughs> yeah. Dude. And I was like, wow, do this, you know, because I used to play on my drums in the garage and, you know, have to turn the volume down. You can get as loud as you want. Dude, it's in this, so cool. like little den room. It's so cool to, uh, you know, come across people that have parents at that age, you know, at, that are totally 100% in on their kid's interest, you know, to the point where, I mean, maybe his dad or his mom or both of them are uh, musicians as well and they use it too. But to have a space like that or, you know, have a friend that, that, ha that has parents that make it make it uh, like possible for these ki you kids any kids to get together and and just you know express full and, volume and, like let's yeah. hear a guitar full volume you're like oh shit. yeah like, yeah and have the freedom yeah have that freedom to just you know walk around in the land of creativity and hopefully it, it you know spark something in them but having that space dude is the main thing and i so i want to be that dad dude like when i get my place finally i definitely want to let my kids use that space I'm coming over. hell yeah dude <laughs> <laughs> do Absolutely. it for podcasts and then also you know have a, a space where they can let loose on some shit shout out to dude. osa too she, she's like uh she's like they're trying to move to, to rockland right and she's like like sending me all these properties like they should get this one this one this one this one she's like yeah. obsessed. she's like why haven't they pulled the trigger yet there's this one with a a pool and, and five bedrooms and it's like in this neighborhood blah blah and i'm like probably anthony's like a pussy or something <laughs> or, sorry i mean no i mean is, uh, the six feet under guy called me a pussy i gotta call someone else a pussy. But, yeah, uh, yeah. I, i'm uh i'm like i don't know i have no idea because there's like a lot of places in that area where i'm like damn dude so like you have the opportunity to live in that area it's awesome i'm really trying not to have a mortgage if we're going to get into that real quick i don't want a mortgage i want to buy, buy a place outright and i got a certain amount of money that you know i'm just below what i really want so i'm now starting to think that i do have to take out a little bit of a loan to throw on top of it to get what i'm actually looking for or the yeah. market can drop for me for me what a fucking just just for you <laughs> Yeah. I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> how, many, how many people would fucking, you know, their lives would totally change if the market crashed? And I'm like, dude, I hope it crashes for me. No, I mean, <laughs> asshole. And what Anthony's not saying, Anthony got a, he bought a house at the right time and the fucking yeah. value went way up, sold it, and now he has a chunk. But, you know, like you're, everything's so expensive nowadays. So it's like, I know, dude. It's it really is. hard to just like pull the trigger on something, you know? Especially when you got a family of five, dude. I got to have enough rooms for everybody. Yeah. Space it without. And another thing, too, up here, real quick, and we'll get off this pretty quick, but the back, the backyard space up here sucks, dude. They, they crammed these houses in 
close to each other. So a lot of the places that look sick, you, you end up with no backyard. We need some yeah. backyard, dude. So yeah, I'm in the middle of all that. We'll find, we'll eventually find a place. I don't want to settle. That's the thing. I'm being, I'm being uh, selfish. I'm not going to settle, dude. I got to get, if I did made that move, I got to get what I want, what I'm looking for, you know? For sure. Exactly. No, don't, don't compromise, dude. Like I'm with you there. Like just. Right. Where are you, you living, know, Sam? It, I live in the Willits. No, okay. It's like well, uh, 20 minutes north of Ukiah. It's in Mendocino County. It's about that's a, right. I want to say I'm about a two hour drive from Nate Venerucci. So okay, okay, nice. Yeah, oh uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we. I I was looking at a house out here. Another thing you got to watch out for is the rich people who have no problem slitting your throat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, me, my wife and I were looking at this house that was just perfect, and the realtor was just like all right we're gonna move forward and we're like sick you know let's do this and you know about a week later they were like hey you know somebody offered a hundred thousand more like we're sorry yeah it's it is like that it's still cash (laughs) people are buying houses like they were when the market was down when i first bought my place you know outbidding to make sure that they get the place and now it's the market's up but people are still outbidding it's kind of weird but everybody's yeah, just trying to get out of place because after, you know, the pandemic, everybody kind of a lot of people wanted to leave the places that they were in, you know, yeah, including <laughs> us. What do you think about it, Nate? Like, Nate, do you? Oh, yeah, dude, shout Nate, out, Nate. Nate. We were just talking about you. Yeah, he's yeah. yeah. A lot of people are buying houses like in cash. Yeah, I've heard that from some uh, realtors I know in SF that. People just go like, yeah, I'll make a, it's like a dilapidated, falling apart place. And it'd be like, all right, dude, a million people, like someone will come in like (laughs) 1.5 and they're just like, Jesus Christ. It's like a family comes in and says 1.5 and they're like, all right, well, I'm out. But it's like, it gets aggressive out there. But uh, yeah, cardboard boxes, they're getting expensive too. Like, (laughs) Like, I mean, yeah, anyways, cost of living sucks. But anyways, my desk one... is a cardboard box for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your uh, background is probably the thickest background I've ever seen. Oh, thank you. I, um, it was like a last minute choice. I'm a huge fan of uh, Arabic culture and architecture. And uh, I was looking through this site called Free Pick, and this is actually an AI generated image. Mm, um, damn. And uh, so, yeah, ever since I was a boy and like when Aladdin came out, you know, I thought the palace and everything was just kind of the coolest architecture Epic. i've ever seen in my life you know what i'm saying yeah so, yeah totally. um so yeah when i have meetings you know like you know with the guys or anybody who i you know work on music with i kind of i don't use this one i use like a, like an arabic like bedroom you know it's got like a plant here and you know i i like to make it look like you don't get a sense of time and you don't get a sense of urgency yeah that's smart you know kind of giving everyone like a, a sense of calm or just like, it's not like, because behind me right now is Banana Town. It's like a bunch of guitar. It's like a bunch of scattered things. And it kind of Yeah, but it's, brings, it's real. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It, it does bring a little bit of a sense of a, a stress, though. It's like, it's like oh, all these things. It's like, uh, you know, like if you were to just have it be like calm, like what you have right now. I think it, when you're talking about like getting into a, a, a group with your band and stuff and talking, it makes it like just more vibe. Let's focus on each other, not this guitar over here like these things <laughs> over here like 
you know, it's like it kind of just calm, makes it calm. And I actually, uh, I think that's actually a smart thing. Uh, well, I'm looking at your guitars, going, "What? What is that? Like, let's play that." Thing. I got a, I don't know, a couple of guitars that are make the the strings vibrate. I uh, <laughs> I got promoted today, and my boss took me out, and got me hammered at noon. So um, there you go. You get. <laughs> Have you guys ever fucked with AI art? Have you guys ever tried to make? That means what AI? Sam just said. Yeah, Sam. Yeah, that's why I brought it up because if that was AI generated, I recently just did a a three day trial on some shit, and I I couldn't get anything to come out sick. But I was doing stupid shit like David Lynch meditating in a giant cup of coffee or something like that, and seeing <laughs> what would come out, you know. <laughs> and doing it like you have a bunch of different like filters you could put it through, like you know, evil or you know christmas and it comes up with some pretty funny things but there were some weird ones that popped out too not good enough to keep but it's still fun you know if you find a way if you find a way to like word things right you end up actually getting kind of what you're looking for they're not really good on recreating faces as well as you would want it to well at least the one that i was using i don't it's called da vinci it's like brand new like give it like five years yeah it is wild though that it it literally spits it out in 15 to 30 seconds or whatever oh boom three different versions of what you wrote generic name is just fucking roasting the whole time dude so (laughs) yeah was uh Uh, was was mummification the first band you played Oh shit! No, no. Actually, the first. So, uh, getting back to the story with Aaron Polly and his uh, little jar, uh, jam layer. That's so we were like 12, 11, 12, and thirteen, and that was the first group of humans I started um, uh, jamming with. Um, in fact, we influenced. So, the gentleman whose father bought me my first guitar, his name is also mm-hmm. Aaron. We were like, dude, you're gonna play bass. <laughs> He's like, I don't do that. We're like, you do now. So we started teaching him whatever we could on the bass, but now he's actually a fantastic guitar player. He's got his own studio. Um, and uh, that was, we didn't, we were not aware of the the group Menace to Society because that's what we, we called ourselves. We're like, yeah, dude, MPS is our first band. We're going to do this. Um, but then Aaron ended up moving, Aaron Polly ended up moving back to Vacaville. Um, and then the first band I joined, um, I don't know if he's in the chat. His name is uh, in the chat. He would be Crap Cannon, uh, but his name is Jordan Richardson. Um, I was still practicing on my kit at home. I got the backup a little bit. Aaron Polly, his parents got him like a double pedal. It was like that Gibraltar double pedal. You know, it wasn't like Iron Cobras or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Well, he he was just like, here, dude, take this. Like, I don't need it. Go ahead. Like, and you're just you like, go. oh, yeah. Like, like here we go. My whole life, dude. Yeah, so after er, the gap between Aaron Polly leaving and me meeting Jordan Richardson, I was practicing whatever slipknot I could, whatever corn I could, mostly slipknot though, like, um, because like Iowa had came out when we were like 13, you know, so that was like my main thing, you know, was trying to figure out what Joey Jordison was doing. Joey Jordison was my favorite like i wanted to be joy joey jordison <laughs> oh yeah um so i started growing my hair out getting it long so that i can windmill while doing whatever on you know if i joined a band 
So during that time, I'm discovering music. My brothers are feeding me music. Some meeting some people who are feeding me music, and um, uh, another mutual friend. His name was Travis Parker. Travis, we miss you, dude. You need to get back on on making music again. Travis was the one who was like into the death metal. He was into Cannibal Corpse. He was into Deicide. He had a band. He was trying to start a band with Jordan Richardson. Um, I forget what they were called at the time, but he was like, why don't you come over and hang out? Jordan, you know, you're a drummer, right? So come hang out and jam with Jordan. So Jordan was like, do you know any Metallica songs? I'm like, yes, I do. He's like, what songs do you know? And I'm like, well, I just saw a performance of the song Fade to Black. And I really enjoy that song. He's like, I know how to play Fade to Black. I'm like, okay. He's like, let's play it. So we played Fade to Black perfectly from front to back together. It was just a guitar player and a drummer, right? We played it perfectly. And Jordan's looking at me like, okay, this is <laughs> this is happening. Like, mm -hmm. you're not you're not going anywhere. Yeah. So um he said there's actually a couple, there's a guitar player and a bass player. Their names are Ryan Johnson and Jimmy Stroop. Shout out. They're looking for a guitar player and a drummer. Why don't we go, you know, hang out with them and see, you know, see what happens, see what sticks. So we go and hang out with them instant friendship right you know like they were already friends with jordan but then they hang out with me and they're like yo are you in a band right now i said no they're like would you like to be in a band with us i'm like yes please <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing out here in this this small town like this and uh ryan ryan was a fantastic guitar player still a fantastic guitar player to this day and uh jimmy was the bass player but he was not was but uh, I'm not trying to disrespect him, but he looks and sounds like James Hetfield. <laughs> like, well, that's not disrespect. Dude, no, he, it was amazing, you know? So it was like the way that the band sounded was like Slayer Pantera guitars, Metallica vocals, and Slipknot drums. Nice. Like, picture how that sounded. So we, you know, we're having trouble finding band names. Finally, I don't know who came up with it, but the band was called Evisceration. That was my band throughout high school. So we start. We played a couple of shows, like locally. You know, like we played like some battle of bands for uh, the Carly High School, and then we played a talent show. And I was like, Dad, you know, my my band's like, you know, playing. My dad's like, Okay, yeah, I'll come see your band. And the drum set I was using at the time was this blue sonar kit that belonged to Ryan's uh, brother Philip. And uh, Philip was like, hey, dude, you know, I got these Iron Cobras. You want to use these Iron Cobras? I was like, yeah, like, absolutely. <laughs> so it was just a five piece kit, you know, and I mixed my the whatever shitty symbols I had, you know, lying around from my childhood, mixed it with his symbols. We played the talent show and my dad saw it. My dad took me home that night. And he said, you're fucking serious about this. I'm like, yeah, I am. And he goes. When income tax comes around you and I are going to go and we're going to get you something nice. So my dad took me to, I think it was called skips music and, uh, Oh, Sacramento. Oh yes. yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I bought yeah, stuff from there. So he took me to skips music and they were like, so what are you looking for? And I'm like, okay, Joey Jordison's in my mind. I'm like, I, so I got two 22 by 18 inch kicks, three rack toms. Uh, I think it was, uh, 10, 12, 13, which was weird to me. <laughs> I'm like, why didn't they just make it a 14? So it was 10, 12, and 13, and then a 14 and 16 inch uh, floor toms, right? And then I had 
couple of crashes, couple of Chinas, couple of Hyatts, couple of Riots. I was a fan of mirror imaging. Symmetry, you know, yeah. Yes, because I'm left-handed. But yeah. I grew up I grew up playing a right-handed kid. So it was it was weird for me to, you know, start all of my fills with my left hand and then also start my kicks with my left hand. <laughs> like yeah. I played right right kick, you know, so it was like, you know, ambidextrous most of the time, but when it came for the doubles, I always started with my left. Didn't didn't matter what it was. It was always the left first. Um, so what I would do at first, I set it up like a right-handed kip, and then I was like, I have two floor toms. So I put the, I put the 10 in the middle, 12 here and the 13 here. And then I spaced out my floor toms eventually. Um, and evisceration, you know, played more. We started writing more songs. We, you know, got in touch with, uh, like a, some studio out in Sacramento that, the guy didn't know how to mix metal, but, you know, he wanted to, you know, produce us, so to speak. So they forked up the money to, um, to like, buy, you know, studio time for a demo, right? Yeah. Amidst that, amidst that time, I was lucky enough that my band members, you know, they knew I was a broke young student, you know, who couldn't afford to go to shows. But they were like, yo, there's a show happening at the Pound. Oh, You're sure. coming with us you're coming with us i'm like what's the pound they're like you're coming with us and you're gonna figure you're gonna learn what the pound is yeah so that show was i forget who the first opening band was but direct support was uphill battle and the headliner was origin yes and oh, that yeah. was that was my introduction to seeing death metal live because like i heard death metal i heard cannibal corpse um but for some reason my brain didn't have as anthony would call it the downloaded software to just it properly <laughs> so yes it was a bit it was a bit you know obscure to me uh i i wasn't down with the vocals at first the guitars just sounded like a bunch of noise compared to what my band was writing i understood paul's drumming though i was just like okay this is some heavy shit like i didn't know what it was called i didn't know it was called a blast beat i didn't know it was called or a grind beat or anything but as every drummer would you go to your kit and you try you try it right and i just remember failing at it just <laughs> just couldn't do it uh but i still practiced it um hmm. i didn't know french grip I didn't know German grip. I didn't know anything like that. So there was, it was a, like mostly wrist, you know, going as fast as I could and then basketballing, you know, the pedals. Um, then I heard, I was introduced to bands like Dima Borger, Hayden. That's who it was. Hayden and Artificial. Good job. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. I was looking. I was Joseph looking just typed that. <laughs> dude, that's who it was. Artificium Sanguis, dude. We used that's to call right. them artificial sandwich. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it looks like Severed Savior played the week after with Artificial Sanguis at the same venue. So <laughs> he was crazy. I'll pull that one up here. Yeah. So artificial Ding. sandwich. No, not a same venue, different venue. El Rio. Well, he just that, that would have been the uh oh, okay. the dusty days, yeah. Is Quiet Room a band or the venue? I'm not sure if that's no, the, the, the Quiet Room's a band. Okay. 
Oh, it's a written every No, no. This is yelling at us the whole time. So San Francisco's in in like lowercase, but everything else is screaming. <laughs> <laughs> death metal. Anyway. It's got to be all caps. Yeah, yeah. But that's a hell so, of a first show. My first show at the Pound was a year later, and it was Dragon Force. So. Oh yeah, oh, I saw that too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn, you played with Dragon Force. Yeah, yeah, he was in Dragon Force for like three years, and like <laughs> he played the he played the trampoline. But <laughs> oh, my brain was just stopped. That was like... <laughs> um, um, first yeah, so you saw Origin. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Origin played, and I don't know if it. I don't know who the drummer was at the time. My, I don't know if it was Longstreth, but I watched that drummer the entire time. Of course, I was watching the rest of the band because it was the whole performance was blowing me away. Mike's bass playing, doing that finger thing, yep. um, and then Paul's poor girlfriend. Does... His poor girlfriend. Anyways, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> but that's when I saw how blast beats were done. So then I, you know, was like, okay, like now I'm ready. So then I go back. James, and I start... wouldn't it have been? Would it have been James at that time? Oh four. No. No. When was Echoes? Dude, sick drummers in here. Just Ian. Oh, James King. Oh, I got ruined right there. Okay. Yeah, you did. Sit down. James King. Okay. That was... But, yeah, uh, anyways. I was wrong. Yeah, Zero so to one. Seeing how, it was, seeing how it was done, I I went back home to the drawing board. Like, okay. Then I started digesting death metal as a drummer. And the cool thing about Jordan and Travis was they were always, like, trying to, like inch me in like hey you're a drummer you know you know what you're doing like okay tsi okay what's up you know into the moat here you go uh burnt by the sun here you go ion dissonance here you go you Mm -hmm. know and took me a while you know mishuga here you go i know mishuga is not death metal but it's like they're going and jordan jordan his sales pitch was always good because he was like he was amped up about it it wasn't like a like hey have you heard of necrophages he was just like you heard of necrophages? <laughs> just the attitude, just you know, like, okay, if you're excited about it, buddy, like, let's hear it. So hearing necrophages for the first time was like, oh, that drummer, <laughs> holy shit. Like, okay. He's like, Do you think you could play this? And I'm like, probably not. Probably yeah. not, but it's you know, it's worth a shot. Um, so those guys went to the went and saw shows at the pound more than either. They also introduced me to the band uh Vehemence. Nice. Oh fuck yeah! I love fucking so, uh, what's his name. He was in uh, Abigail Williams. His name, great Bjorn great guitar player. Bjorn, Bjorn. Bjorn. Yeah. yeah. So they somehow, I think it was AOL Messenger, but Jordan was really good at making friends with rock stars. Somehow, some way. So he became friends with not only Bjorn but Johnny, the other guitar player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He also knew. Um, I forget their bass player's name. Was it Mark? Johnny was in deprecated for a while too. That's right. Yeah. Um, and so I was enamored by I think his name is Andy, the drummer. I was enamored by his drumming. So then I started practicing helping the world to see. Like when that album dropped, it was like, yo, this is what we're listening to right now. Helping the world to see by vehemence. So Jordan was figuring out, you know, some riffs by ear. So every you know, day before practice, when it was just me and Jordan, we'd jam out some death metal, you know, like to try to just because we could, you know, mm-hmm. even though a couple of members in the band were those guys who said death metal sounds the same. It all sounds the same. We don't care for it. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. But Jordan would always be like, yo, this part right here in this song, 
put a blast beat there and see what happens. Um, so Jordan and Travis, Travis Parker, and also my another bass player friend of ours, Ryan Gardner, they were heavy on death metal and the underground scene. So they were each in one way or another in, influencing my taste. Of course, as I said before, Necrophages was hard to digest, but after a couple of months later, I started looking for it. Like, okay, like, I want to learn how to play these guitar solos. I want to learn how to, you know, want to learn how to play these drums, even though it seemed God almost got impossible because I, you know, didn't have didn't have proper training and proper technique. So it was it was one of those hard to decipher drummers. Um, so when that band kind of went through its phase of not you know not playing shows not rehearsing um that's when we played a show with mummification we played we had one show in our hometown with mummification which was crazy because austin spence shout went out through, yeah austin spence from memory Arc environment he was a drummer at the time and <laughs> for some reason Whoever but whoever put that show together thought it was a good idea to put mummification before us. And I thought that was a bad idea, but it happened. Yeah. During their set, Austin, I think it's because he drank two rock stars back to back before set, but it was the summertime. There was no ventilation in there. It was fucking ungodly hot in that room. It was a big room, but yeah, people were sweating. Right. And it was hard to breathe in that thing. Austin started vomiting over his drum set, and I think his heart stopped. Whoa. Jesus yeah. Christ. His fucking heart stopped, dude. I mean, the paramedics showed up, and, you know, they brought him back, obviously. But brought him back, dude. What the it fuck? It was a... fuck. Yeah. No, his heart stopped. His heart literally stopped. Like, he fucking died. Whoa. And... They they brought him back. I don't I, I don't remember where I was. I just remember hearing about it going like, dude, the drummer of mummification is unresponsive. And I'm like, oh no. Jesus. Like, what this is fuck, not good, dude. dude. And his dad Ronnie. Well, I don't remember was Austin talking around. about this on his episode. Did he mention that? I, I can't remember. Let me oh, go back to episode know. like uh, two hundred episodes ago. <laughs> I don't I can think so. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I, don't I don't think he, I don't, talking I don't, about that. I would have thought yeah, that. I, would, I think I remember that too. Yeah, I don't dude, think I've it was. That. It was nuts, dude. Like, and me, I was only sixteen or seventeen at the time. I thought we Jesus. were gonna get beaten up and shit, dude. Like, oh fuck, dude. Then we just killed their. We just killed their drummer, dude. They're gonna fucking stone us in the parking lot. This is great. Uh, but Austin came back. He was totally fine. His dad showed up. His dad drove all the way from wherever he was. It was north it was a yeah, fucking dude, that's serious time, shit you know, so. but um yeah so that was fun and scary at the same time um they stayed to watch our set which was fucking badass and austin was like drum side watching me play the whole time and right when i realized he was over there i'm like oh, okay let's just keep you know doing your thing just you know keep shredding it as best as you can and Austin and I hung out after the show a little bit. He's like, dude, you're fucking sick. Like, you know, you guys are going to be, you know, something sick if you keep it up. Like, come out with us, come play shows with us. They, you know, they were very, very nice dudes to us. Um, Adam Weber, lead guitar player at the time. Shout out Adam dude, Weber. Dude, one, I can't believe how dedicated Austin is, dude. He fucking dies and then he's like, nah, dude, I'm going to stick around for the rest of the show, you know? Yeah. 
thought I thought they were it's gone. Death metal. It's like, death metal. Like he's yeah, he yeah. died at a metal show. That's that is death <laughs> at metal. <laughs> you can't get more really fucking like, like literal with it. Yeah, they've never been close. It was, to death metal. I'm just saying. Oh, dude, like it was probably the first time I was like, I mean, I've been scared for other human beings before, but the fact that it happened like at a show, I'm like, like ADHD, million things are going through my head. Like, am I gonna keep playing shows after this? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just fucking. You're, you were brutal, 16 or something. You said 16 years old. I was six. It was 16. Yeah, 16, 20, 17. You know, so yeah, I was still in still in high school, man. You know, so, but um, yeah, they kept in touch. We played like some Battle of the Bands festival with them out in uh, out here in Willits. Embryonic Environment also played, you know. So it's pretty. I was hoping you put that one up. Um, <laughs> right, he got one. He's one for like fucking thirty, dude. <laughs> All right, revive, get better. So um, <laughs> my band started falling apart at the time. Um, I think two of our members uh fell for the notion that some band was getting signed and they're like we're gonna ditch you guys and go with this other band they weren't getting signed they're just told them that of course so we're like okay now it's just us and you know we kind of stopped hanging out and you know went our separate ways and somewhere in my senior year in high school i get a phone call from adam weber and adam weber is like hey man are you know we don't have a drummer right now i'm like what happened to austin Austin suffered an injury in his wrists. Um, I don't know if it was carpal tunnel or whatever, but he he couldn't he couldn't bash the heads anymore. So they were looking for a drummer, and they tried. He's like, dude, we've tried out a few drummers, and we um, you know we'd like you to come out, and, you know, try out for us. And I'm like, uh, I think you should try out more drummers because I I don't think I can keep up with you guys. He's like, you guys are fast as shit. And he's like, well, just just think about it, you know, come out and try out. So I packed up my kit. Um, my parents drove me out to the audition because I was a broke high school student who wouldn't get his license. And uh, we set up. So what's kind of crazy is where my apartment is, is right behind the building where the audition took place before. So this building behind us is called uh, JD Red House. It used to be called the Country Mall, and it was, I don't know if it was closed down or anything, but they had this one space rented that they were sharing with another band out here called, um, uh, I think it was Admits the Blood in Black. I think that's what it was called. Hmm. Um, so, set, uh, no, the first audition, I didn't have my kit. That's right. I used Adam Weber's Gretsch kit. So, Adam Weber sets it up and I learned, I don't know how many songs I learned on the first audition, but I did my damn best, dude. Um, so then he's like, all right, next audition, go and get your drums. I was like, you want, you want my drums? He's like, yeah, I like that big black drum set that you have, that big pearl. I was like, okay. So I bring my drums in, and then we have a jam. You know, I learned a couple more songs, and then they're like, dude, we have like two more songs, and then you're going to play a show with us. I'm like, okay, cool, sick. Are you sure? They're like, yeah. Adam pulls me to the side and he's just like, is this all your drums? Like all of it? And I'm like, yeah, why? And he goes, you're not allowed to take those home. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm 17. I didn't know what he was getting at. And he's like, if you want to be, you're stuck with us. Like, oh. we, we need you right now. Like, so we have 
some shows coming up and one of them is the northwest death fest in seattle and we've already like we've already we're already on this bill we can't cancel this like deed the flesh is going to be there severed savior is going to be there i'm like okay i knew who deeds of flesh was because in the air in the days where i was jamming with aaron Polly, we would share music aaron Polly had a burnt cd of uh reduced to ashes nice. and that was the first time i heard mike hamilton's drumming and i knew how to play blast beats at that time but i didn't know there was such force could go so fast and precise exactly so the first time i heard that i'm like dude can you like burn me a copy he was just like dude i already have like two of the copies like <laughs> i'm spreading this around my friends dude like, yeah. this is this is the shit right now you can have this one i'm like so i listened to that album like religiously just to get what was going on and of course i brought it you know home to jordan jordan was like yeah these are flesh i know these are flesh i'm like dude, fuck like okay yeah let's do more let's do more of that so i was freaked out that deeds of flesh was going to be there i was like oh shit we're going to be playing with deeds of flesh he's like well actually the show before that is taking place in this spot of eureka deeds of flesh is going to be there and so is decrepit birth and i'm like decrepit birth and they're like oh that's right you're like still new to death metal they showed me who decrepit birth they showed me and time begins <laughs> and it was another thing that i was like wow dude like what the fuck? They're like, have you heard of drummer Tim Young? I was like, yeah, he's the Vital Remains guy. He's like, yeah, they had Are him. Are you bringing up the summer. Eureka show that we played up there with people suspended and hanging with hooks and stuff? I don't think I was there for that because no, he's talking about a festival. In. He's talking about a okay, festival. Okay, Deeds of Flesh in, in, in Eureka with Decrepit and there's like girls and hanging odious, yeah. and odious and stuff. and like, So, I yes. Yeah, and Locust Furnace, I believe. That was an well, opener. It wasn't part of the touring group, but it might have been the, uh, an opener band. I think so, yeah. So we we were scheduled to play that, but the whoever was running it, they were like, how old is he? And they're like, he's 17. Just let him in to play the show. They're like, no, we can't let him in. Like, this is 21 yeah. and up. And so I was very upset because um, weeks prior to that, that's who I found out who Casey was. Like uh Mike Williams, he was <laughs> as he I leaves. Like, <laughs> yeah, he just got <laughs> out, right? So uh I was going through my list of drummers, like, oh dude, like Tim Young and Mike Williams, the bass player at the time. He was like, Have you do you know who Casey Howard is? And I said, No, who's that? And he goes, He's the drummer of, of Decrepit Birth. And I'm like, You you guys are and they're like, Yeah, no, we know Decrepit Birth. I'm like, let's fucking play a show with them. I gotta meet this fucking drummer. Like, come on so um i was very upset that we didn't play that show because casey was there and so was hamilton hamilton walks up and he's checking out my kid Sorry. he's like is this yours i'm like yeah and he's like sick dude like i'm excited to see you you know <laughs> see you playing i'm like well i can't they're not gonna let me in he's like why i was like because i'm 17 he goes oh fuck well that sucks he's like well mummification right i was like yeah he's like you guys are gonna go up with us to seattle i'm like hey he's like i'll see you there it's like right on so we made our way up there played that set 
and I didn't have time to warm up for that set. I totally forgot. I don't know how I spaced the time that we on, but we went on at four thirty on the, like the upper stage. It was at the Phoenix Underground in Seattle. Okay. So we played that upper stage. I think Od wasn't Odious on that bill too. Fuck, uh, maybe the yes for the bloodletting tour. Story. <laughs> Is it bloodletting? So. Yeah. Oh, Phoenix. We did play the Seattle. only Phoenix I've ever thought of. I mean, Phoenix was like the Petaluma area. That's the only Phoenix I really know. You no, not the Phoenix, Phoenix in Petaluma. I'm thinking of the Phoenix Theater in Seattle. The show was the uh, Northwest Death Fest. It was 2006. I think the date, the day, it was in May. Did we run was, into any festivals on that one? It was sometime. Did, it, it was sometime after Necrophages came to the United States for the first time. No, so probably not. No, Odious not did Odious. play the Pound not Show Odious. though with Necro when they came. It was through. like they we, yeah, the initial I found Pound it. Show. Oh, you found it. It was uh, the professor's coming through once again. Okay, it was April third, two thousand five, at the Phoenix, spelled F E N I X, and it had Sadist, Cannibal Corpse, Incantation, Avenger of Blood, blah blah blah. There's mummification. I don't see deeds on this. So no, this is a different two thousand six. It was oh, this is the two thousand six. Okay, yeah. Let me see if I can find it. It was it was deeds and severed on the on the underground stage, and it was sadist and obituary on the on the upstairs stage. Damn, Jesus Christ! But uh, yeah, and that was my introduction to uh, oh, that was necrophages, Nate. Yeah, yeah necro got their shit jacked in uh, the city, San Francisco. That was me show. having to to meet Muhammad for the first time when he's. So I'm like, hey, nice to meet you. He's like, oh my shit's stolen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and oh, we're backstage. I'm like, oh, nice to meet you. It's good. <laughs> okay, here it is. So obituary okay. headlined headlined the first day. Yeah. Uh with Sadus, In Memoriam, Tri Redemption, a bunch of bands, Mumbocation, there's Scorched Earth, there's Embryo Devourment. Yeah, and then second day was Deeds of Flesh, Severed Savior, Vulgarizer, Shitstorm, Bung, Ceremonial <laughs> Castings, Meat Shits, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Meat shits. Yeah. Bung, Jesus. dude. I remember and Bung. <laughs> Meat shits, I remember too. But the most, Long the both uh, butthole bands, I remember. That's tight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that that show, all one day, by the way, wasn't a two day thing. Um, oh, it was like two stages. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Can you handle all that capital, Joel. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> a lot of capital, dude. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Sometime before that, actually, I forgot to recap that I was there at that Necrophages show as well. So it was Mike Williams's birthday on that day. Oh, wow. And so me, Adam, Mikey, some friends of ours, uh, Robert Fosnot of Fostone, who is now the guitar tech for Death Angel. Oh, nice. He, they played here yesterday. He was... That's what's up, dude. Um, yeah. So we all went down together. We got there kind of late. Um, we got to see... Wasn't cattle on that bill? Yep. It was necrophages and cattle. Yeah. Yeah. So we're watching Origin. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah, Origin. So, yeah, Origin was too. I, I just remember a separate gig that Odious did. Yeah. I think. Okay. All right. Let's I, not I can't remember the, the exact lineup, but I remember realizing that everybody was there. Like everybody was there to see Necrophages. Right. And I thought it was nuts that that place was on fire that night. Totally. So it's Mikey's birthday. Mikey's oh. drinking. You know, it's his birthday. 
At the pound, yeah. Okay. He's dragging me around to meet everybody. The first person he introduces me to is Murray Fitzpatrick. I was good. I was like, it's good <laughs> yeah. Who's that? Very, per- very person. Uh, so <laughs> it's a fucking brave motherfucker, too, because he's so drunk. He's saying whatever he wants. He's like, this is Murray. He <laughs> plays for some stupid band called Severed <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, Murray's so like, what? <laughs> in his prime, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Actually, he was calm. He was just like, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, just totally. That's you usually know. his demeanor. Then you get oh. to know him, and then he'll choke you out for fun. <laughs> <laughs> so then he proceeds to introduce me to Paul from Origin and introduce me to a couple other people. Then he comes over, introduces me to Casey Howard. Uh oh. He was like, yeah, yeah. Mike Williams, necrophagist. He's like, he's like, hey, Sam, this is Casey. Casey, meet Sam. And I'm just like, dude, and time begins. Like, you play that live, huh? And I think Casey was, I think it was tired or something like, because he was just like, oh, yeah, sick, dude. I'm like, totally. <laughs> I mean, I was actually, he's all chill. Like, I play the fastest stuff that's on earth, but I'm tired, dude. Uh, I'm on yeah. earth. Let's not gloss over how good of a Casey Howard in, uh, impression that was, dude. <laughs> he's got the he's got the cadence for sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's and then it hit my brain. I was just like, okay, I think I just freaked him out because so I'm like, all right, walk away. Let's go watch Necrophages. That night was tight. As soon as Hannes gets on stage, everyone's screaming song names at him. He's just smiling, like, yeah, yeah okay, you know, no, and. Um, I think Casey, weren't you like stage side? Yeah, for uh, sure. watching him play. Yeah, I ended up behind you too, and I just remember looking around, <laughs> and all the drummers are just watching, yeah. watching Hannes play. Totally, dude. Yeah. Um. So sometime after that show, I remember security was like in a rush to get everyone out. Like, get out! I got another show coming up. Muhammad was pissed. Oh yeah, Muhammad's yeah. He's going backstage. Night. Like, yeah, he's like, what the fuck's up with this guy over here? I have another show coming up. I'm like I'm gonna go walk over here, like outside. So I ended up in the back area. Travis Ryan comes out. Not that's how I met Travis Ryan. He's like, "Hey, what's up, dude? I'm Tra- Mummification. Yeah, I know that band." I'm like, "Right on. Yeah, I'm Sam." And he's like, "Cool. Right on, dude. All right, I'm gonna go back in and hang out." I'm like this is a fucking crazy night. How many people have I met? Yeah, and it's so, cool to for him. That's a uh, bonus when you meet somebody who you look up to and they know what you do. You know? Yeah, yeah. He's like, "Are you in that band?" And I'm like, "I'm the new drummer. I just, I just took Austin's spot." He's like, "Right on, dude. Austin's a man. Well, badass, dude." I'm like, "This guy's like 16. <laughs> he's acting like he's 16. <laughs> it's pretty chill. Like I thought he was just gonna be by himself, but he was genuinely nice, dude. So, oh yeah, totally. That was sick. Shout out Travis. Hey, shout out Tra- um, Travis is actually he's genuinely a nice dude. He's like, oh yeah. Once you just talk to him, it's like he's still he's just a a fan of the of the genre and hanging out still even to this day it's like yeah. a trip to see people that have been seen every show that you've ever even thought about they've seen it and they've played it and he still has that same attitude he had from the beginning and i mean at the pound i remember there was a time because they would play on every single bill that was going yeah, to the pound for like they were there i, I remember like i think there was it might have been that show at the necrophages thing where there was like a heckler in the crowd that was heckling them and he was doing yeah, that and he whole like Travis. He, yeah, he, kept, he it was, spat on him, and Travis yeah. lost his shit and just started yeah. laying into him. And I was like, I "Oh, the, fuck. it might have been another show then, because there was another show." Because I remember where Travis was like doing this crazy face and just kept like launching like 
like I don't know if they're loogies, but just spit directly in this guy's face and just like <laughs> fucking sniper accuracy, just going like ah, boom, ah, boom, and just like nailing this guy. Like and I was standing behind on the backstage of the pound stage, oh, and he was just shit. like nailing, and it just kept nailing this guy in the head. <laughs> and I was like, how do you do? Like I was like, oh, like you know, fuck, this guy really doesn't like this band. This is gonna be like drama right now. But I, as an older person, I look like that was he. Like Travis was nailing that guy in the face with spit from a distance and just going like bam 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 and not looking away and then nailing him looking away and nailing him and i was like oh shit like i was like back those old pound days were kind of aggressive especially because yeah cattle was like on every show so a lot of people were kind of like eh, on the kind of fence with cattle and then they got fucking our friend which i can't think of his name right now name me the drummer real quick please i'm drunk dave mcgraw dave mcgraw they got dave mcgraw and man they just got turned into like the fucking juggernaut of metal like death metal you know like i thought dave, that was gonna happen too when i found yeah. out dave got in the band because i was listening to dave when he was playing for sleep terror sleep terror he played his yep. one yeah. of his first shows at our house like yep. back in the day it was it was bananas yeah. drummer like, who the fuck another, is this yeah, guy another drummer i was bananas <laughs> about dude i was yeah. like fuck, i gotta meet this dude and fucking because seeing that first live video that appeared on youtube of him and i was like dude that dude hits fucking hard dude like holy, holy. shit definitely so when i found out he was in cattle and the harvest floor came out i was like they're gonna fucking this is new like this is gonna be something something special for cattle so mm, yeah yeah it just worked perfectly with their style because i remember they were going through drummers they would come to the the pound and have a different drummer like every time and I'm, like they were touring multiple times a year coming to and it just seemed like it was a different like it, you know like in and outdoor they were leaving coming like drummers and stuff and they got date dave after we saw him play live in front of our face at the thunderdome and i was like oh they got that guy <laughs> like, like yeah. oh shit the, the fucking world is their oyster and it, and it has been and they've been doing great and everything that they have been uh doing they're fucking crushing so yeah shout out all those guys anyways i'm ranting Absolutely. Hammered. so yeah back to northwest death fest um i didn't hear any recordings of severed savior um in fact i think i was just walking around like just bullshitting because i'm i don't i'm 17 you know i couldn't like you know drink or anything like that so i was just like all right you know i'm just gonna go check out seattle mike williams comes and finds me and he's like what are you doing right now severed savers playing i was like where is it he's like it's downstairs so we're rushing downstairs and as you're going downstairs you can start hearing the music get louder and louder and of course i'm like what the fuck is that it's like holy shit He's dragging me by my shirt because I'm like starting to walk towards the stage. She's like, no, fuck that. He drags me like behind, like, you know, backstage to where I can see Troy playing. And I just remember hearing Mike Gilbert's guitar playing, like how amazing. fucking amazing and perfect that was. And I'm seeing the crowd move, like just pulsing and it's packed like this underground, like medieval tavern looking thing. This shit is packed and the sound is so good. Um, and him and Murray are just like perfectly sync with each other, just stage presence, playing and all. Dusty's windmilling, blah, blah, blah. Then I get over by Troy and I'm seeing Troy play and I'm like, oh, <laughs> fuck, dude, this is another new favorite. Like, so watch the whole set to kill it. And I'm, I'm also studying Gilbert's like setup because I'm hearing like he was using that uh, TC Electronics G major for his like guitar harmonies. And like splitting it up between the cabs somehow and i'm like what the fuck 
So I see him tap dancing on the on the foot pedal. I'm like, that's how he's activating his harmonies. Like that's pretty fucking genius. Okay, I fucking love this band. Um, yeah. So they end, and then Deeds of Flesh is setting up. Mike Hamilton sets up his kit super quick, and drummers are just hanging out, you know, watching Mike warm up and shit. Mike turns towards me and he has a stick to say, and he goes, "You want to try?" I'm like. Are you fucking for real? He's like, hell yeah, dude. Like, try try the kid out. I'm like, no fucking way. So sat down on his throne and he had that hydraulic throne just and I'm like, this is what it feels like to be a fucking taking care of death metal drummer. Okay. Like you're getting into a spaceship, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I just remember those sonars. I that was at the S class. The sonar S classes, those things sounded yeah. so good. <laughs> and that snare was yeah the snare was just so perfectly tuned the toms are perfect those triggers were loud and he had this fat monitor just i'm like wow dude just feeling his kicks just when you feel the kick drum go through you for the first time like that at 17 years old it's it's uh i try to describe it to people who haven't played live i'm like dude just do yourself a favor and experience your drum kit mic'd up like that like it's it's pretty pretty fucking sensational um awesome. so um at the same time i'm playing his kit for a little bit i'm like no one's gonna fucking believe that i'm playing mike hamilton's <laughs> fucking kit right now so then i was like okay i'm off this thing like like i can't i can't do it no more it's just it's too fucking perfect hand the sticks to somebody else other drummers are trying out i watch mike hamilton's whole set playing and hit, watching him doing the swivel foot and he's just chewing gum the whole time like not even not giving it just a fucking machine you know yeah he saying? is dude um and uh we were blessed to be able to see that for a whole month straight going on the road with them and just seeing mike kill it every single night dude oh, it was fuck it was crazy dude um little did i know mike caught my set that day um nice and uh i guess he was standing next to austin and Austin tells me the story. He said, dude, Mike was like, aren't you supposed to be out there? He's like, no, that's that's my replacement. That's the new guy. That's, you know, the new thing that's coming up. So I'm hauling my, after I said, I'm hauling my drums off stage, right? The next thing I know, I feel it's like something grabbed my arm and it's Hamilton. He's just like, dude, how old are you? And I'm like, I'm 17. And he's like, promise me this. Promise me you're still going to keep playing because we're not going to be around here forever. And we need young, young bucks like you to pass the torch down to like, just keep playing dude like big like go get a job keep playing like he was just being the death metal dad like instantly to a total stranger you know you just recharged your death metal battery to 100 like and it's gonna last for a long time like just one incident like that dude makes you excel and push so much more into it you know yeah he's definitely one of the coolest uh the uh death metal humanas like i've ever like <laughs> Shit, such a great human yeah yeah no, you, you're right with the death metal dad shit dude that's exactly what we call him dude he's death metal yeah, yeah. dad dude it yeah. was cool um you know so i hung out with a bit and uh he introduced me to eric rest in peace um i remember eric just being not like he was quiet 
you know what yeah. I mean? He wasn't, he yeah. wasn't loud. He was just sitting, I was just like, dude, I love your work, like reduced to ashes. And he's just like, cool. You know, thanks man. And for a second, I thought I was like imposing, you know, I went up to Mikey. I was just like, I think I, I think I stepped in his bubble. And he goes, no dude, he's, he just died. Like just keep going and hanging out with them. So I did, you know, got to know Eric a little bit. Yeah. Um. So I'm very blessed, you know, to be able to interact with Eric, you know, during that time. Totally. At 17 years old and you know he um hanging out with mike too was cool because i started asking him questions like what do you do to like strengthen your kicks like and to strengthen your hands he's like dude i exercise by riding bikes you know and just pick up the practice pad you know do as much as you can and do yourself he's the favor. first joe rogan he's the first joe rogan that ever what? joe rogan did as <laughs> he even broke his fucking that's how funny that was but uh as far as like no he was no, but he was like working on like you know fitness and stuff. He was like fitness yeah. for, for drums. You know, he was like yeah, he's like get a bike, get a bike, ride that thing, go on runs. You know, and do yourself a favor, dude. Just don't party too hard. He's like yeah. don't. He's like you don't know it's, drum. you know. Well, he didn't mean that. He was just like you know try to stay away from alcohol as much as you can. Like yeah. you know take care of yourself. You know like this there's no room for error in here you know like you i've you only have probably to, seen him like drink a beer shit. one time i think maybe one or two times i've seen hamilton drink a beer he's always been really <laughs> maybe more I've than had that him, i've had him we me and him dusted a bottle of jack at my house one time and uh he was like yeah why wasn't there and he like I, I like he was sitting there like yeah i can hang and i was like he was like trying to be like yeah i'll hang and he was sitting there and he was just all like this on the couch like <laughs> and i had a video on my flip phone it's gone now obviously i mean going like hey you still down to hang dude he's like yeah dude i'm super down <laughs> it was like one of the funniest fucking videos ever but like it was back when i was young he was you know obviously like a decade older than me and i was like like trying to be like oh i can drink hard is that cool kind of thing you know and uh he's like yeah i'll do it with you because i used to a long time ago or something <laughs> and uh and uh no but he's yeah from like his he took us on our first tour like casey and and anthony we yeah. he basically gave us like a all the rules of the road he's like don't and same with eric eric I, remember, I still will never forget the one time um eric and mike and i were hanging on the merch table and we got like some like frat dudes that bought the tour or something like that in like fucking texas or something and there's yeah. like literally 15 people 10 15 people there and just for that they were like yeah, like a private party yeah it was a private party and like and uh the the opening band that was like a you know part of the tour but they were like they were tuning on stage like going dun-na, 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 dun-na. and eric goes to me and goes like that's number one rule do not do that on, on stage <laughs> he's like i remember like they were giving me like pointers just going like do not do that you know i was like shit mm-hmm. well i didn't know that that was like my first like first tour we've done like three show tours up until that event and then all of a sudden he's like don't do that don't do this and then mike would be like all right don't do that like be you know he'd give us like tips you know like that would that would stick with me and every other band once we started touring later was like they didn't never they never did any of the shit that you know like he was like don't do that and it was like they never did that like no one you know he was just like we walked into it like yeah we know what we're doing it's all good. Like we got Mike Hamilton's advice. We're fine. Like Black Dahlia Murder was our next tour. It's like a sold out mm-hmm. fucking full tour of Black Dahlia Murder of just like these huge places. And I was we were just like, all right, 
stick to the rules of uh what you're supposed to do on stage and how you're supposed to get in and out and like not fuck with anyone's time and like you know that was kind of like a very strict kind of boot camp and uh trial by fire it was a trial by fire but mm-hmm. mike kind of gave us the tips that kind of we already kind of knew what to do and understood beforehand but it wasn't like we hadn't practiced it yet until you know going on those big stages but Mike was, or that's why I call him Death Metal Dad. He's the Death Metal Dad. He like was like, all right, sure. son. Him and Eric were like, don't do that. <laughs> don't do, mm-hmm. Like, like see examples on stage. Like, don't, don't like do this weird thing where you go all quiet for a while and there's no speaking. Don't do that. Don't tune on stage. And there's certain things because you just go on stage and be like, all right, we're supposed to play. We never thought about like the crowd and the environment that they're going to be hearing it. Like, we just like, all right, this mm-hmm. is the next song. Blah blah. blah. But, this is the next song, blah, blah, blah. But it was like, there's more than that. There's way more than that. You know, there's an experience that the, the crowd has to like experience. So um, shout out to those guys. That's our fucking forefathers of, you know, we're on their label and stuff. And, you know, they want us to do well. Yeah. But they gave us like all the insights of like, don't, don't do this. Don't do this. Get on that time. Never be over your time. Always be like ready to go at that time. You know, just play. Like, and then bands we like later on that would like break those rules and be like, fucking like going over 10 minutes on their time and stuff. And we we're like, dude, and all the bands be pissed. There was one yeah. night that we were pissed, and we actually were as the young bucks being little shits, we were supposed to cut it short. And we actually were like, no, we're going to play another song. And we played another song. And got well, that's, that's a rookie. That's a rookie mistake. Yeah. Yeah. And we it's got, like, no, we got cheered out after. We got chewed yeah, out yeah. after because that, but you don't realize as the opening band that that is a ripple effect all the way into the headliner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you end late, or and then they set up late. Then it you know it compounds. You know, uh, Guttural Reef is bringing up a good point. I will name a name of a band that did this, but the only reason why I'm going to do it is because that I saw them like a couple years ago and they were the most professional live performance I've ever seen. Like they had, they had come from like another country coming on the stage and we were like, they were kind of scattered cause they were like using all of our equipment. Like it was, it was a big pain in the ass for them. And um, then I saw them again with, um, I think it was black, one of black Dolly's last tours. But um, I saw them again and was like, Oh my God. And I went backstage and was like, what the fuck you guys are like the sickest live band I've ever seen. It was Flesh God Apocalypse. Like mm. uh, Flesh God Apocalypse <laughs> in the beginning, they were kind of like a scattered kind of like, oh, okay, they're like using other people's equipment and, and instruments and even and stuff like that. But uh, then I saw them uh, like a sold out show in Sacramento and I was just like, oh, like jaw this big. Like they like put on one of the best performances in death metal I've ever seen. And I was like, all right, well, they went over a bunch on tour with us <laughs> and we were all like, Meh. but like they got it together and then they started just crushing. Like it was like one of the, the best performances I've ever seen from death metal, just like symphony driven and stuff in between songs. And the singer would come out spotlight, crush it, boom, done on time, like everything. And I was like, all right, well, you know, we got to be a part of that learning process. And I think that's fucking rad. I love that. You know? Literally. Francesco Pali is an insane oh, drummer, dude. dude. He like, was the drummer at the time, and then he was the yeah. singer guitar player. And mm-hmm. that was like, and he just crushed 
and he was like learning drums because like it was suffocation it was suffocation decrepit a couple other bands i forget what other bands but um he was like learning he was like practicing the whole time we'd set up his drums and just practice until he had to go on because he was like fuck i'm the guitar player <laughs> like and like learning <laughs> these drums and it's like fuck i gotta like get these drums yeah. down and he was like constantly pissed you know getting frustrated and stuff like that and then he found a drummer and then he went to lead guitar player and lead singer and it was mm-hmm. like i saw them and i was like what i, I was yeah. just like when i first saw him i was just cracking i was like literally laughing i'm like that was the best thing i've ever seen dude I'm like what the <laughs> fuck like is, i was cussing him out going what the fuck why wasn't like this from the beginning like what the fuck was your problem i was like completely blown away but anyways i'm hammered nate that's a move dude when the sound guy says one more song you bust out your 20 minute epic <laughs> <laughs> uh dude you probably got oh, it yeah. nate's probably got a 20 minute epic in his back pocket somewhere dude that's when sound guys do this though <laughs> yeah <laughs> they turn, yeah. turn you off they, you know? yeah they they are god when it comes to uh the sound they can turn you yeah. off yeah but it's especially yeah, guitar whole... players during sound check and they're like turn down your amplifier all right more 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 and you're like yeah i see what you're doing motherfucker yeah yeah that that move right before the show starts you go up to the volume you're like let's turn it up a little bit like right before they start. you're like well let's give a little boost it's fine. a little it's a little extra sauce <laughs> so yeah i really want to know i really want to know like how you went from like cali tech death to solo instrumental progressive death metal uh guy so was it was okay, it animals so, as leaders i'm guessing was a big step in that no process, so there, there was a gap so um after playing you know after having a few good runs with you know mummification um i uh started a band out lake honey well <laughs> I tried getting back into starting music again because I was just like, fuck, dude, I haven't had a band for a minute. Adam joined Embryonic Devourment. Um, Mike Williams went and did his thing. Alex moved to Washington. Um, so, yeah, the mummification kind of just whatever. Uh, so I ran into some old friends again, and I was like, hey, you know, try to get Travis, you know, back in because travis is an amazing vocalist i didn't talk about travis from before but travis could emulate glenn benton corpse grinder like whoever he wanted to like he was is amazing and i think he needs to get back pick the mic up and like start doing it again because he he could have been something real special if he you know would have kept on doing it but um so i hit him up hit up I can't remember who else I hit up, but our, a bass player by the name of Ryan Gardner, who's fantastic. It was like another, like Jeff, uh, Jeff Hugel, right? Like that kind of bass player. Um, mm-hmm. So we start writing some songs and it's because I was a guitar player at the time, you know, learning, you know, I had a whole bunch of metal shoved down my throat from the mummification days, such as Spawn of Possession, Spastic Inc., Blotted Science, Sleep Terror. Um, and also during those days, I was introduced to Anomalous um, in 2006. So Anomalous <laughs> became my favorite band, right? Um, so during that time, they were like, 
you know, we, we have this other drummer out here. You know, he's actually really fucking good. And he's still in high school. He's a young buck. His name is Mike Teles. And I was like, all right, let's go hit him up. This kid at 16 years old could play Dechristianized by Vital Remains. Like, mm-hmm. hit for hit, note for note. And he had those trick pedals going on. He didn't roll with Axis for some reason. He had trick pedals. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, let's let's mess with these guys. So we started a band called One for Every Victim. Um, and we started, you know, we had a recording. We played some shows. We played the boardwalk in Orangevale. And, uh, you know, we started getting some momentum going. But then, you know, creative differences happened. And, you know, I wanted to do one thing. They wanted to do another, you know, and the rest is history, right? Um, so during, uh, eventually, after starting this band and starting that band and that band and it not working out, I eventually, or, or you know what, I've, I'm forgetting a story. My band, One for Every Victim, played a show with Soul Asunder. And I'm pretty sure the person who booked that show was my buddy Jordan, because he knew Chaz pretty well. And I think he showed my band to Chaz, and Chaz was like, let's bring them out to Monterey and play a show. Hey, that quick, is where I interrupt, dude. Uh, Joseph, can you turn your mic down just a little bit, dude? It's causing like a little feedback. Yeah. Just yeah. If you turn it down, just sad. Yeah, dude. Sorry, dude. Go, go ahead, dude. Go ahead. Sam. Okay. Not a problem. I'm uh, I'm sorry. ADHD. I have so much detail. No, no, it's not good, dude. I love it. I we want it all, dude. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Just you got it. Back. No worries at all. So. We drive out to Monterey. Thankfully, uh, we almost didn't make it to that show because we didn't have a way to transport our equipment, I think. And um, this kind of like metal band mom of Lake County, her, that's what I'm going to call her, the metal band mom. Her name is Shell. Right. Shell, we love you. Thank you so much for everything that you did for us that night. He drove us out with her truck, all of our equipment out uh, to Monterey to play the show with Solar Thunder. Um, it was around that time I'm warming up, you know, just before we're about to go on. It's a Sunday night, you know, there wasn't too many people there. It was fine. I didn't care. I was just stoked that I was playing with Solo Sunder because I was introduced to Solo Sunder when I was 14. So I was stoked. I was like, yeah. okay, like we're playing with hate fueled anger. Like this is going to be fucking sick. Um, so Chaz comes up and I'm warming up and I'm, you know, chatting it up with Chaz. Nate comes up and he's wearing an anomalous cognitive dissonance, like one of the first prints, right? Yeah. And I look at him and I said, dude, don't get drunk and fall asleep around me. I'm going to steal that t-shirt from you. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's my favorite band right there. And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, that's me. I'm I'm Nate. I was like, oh, God. So we're not just playing in front of Solus under fucking the guitar player from Anomalous is here. This is fucking great. Okay. So (laughs) I'm like... I went back to my band like guys like we have to be on our shit like these are true heavy hitters here because like, me and ryan were or we were very familiar with solo Thunder. and i told ryan i was like dude anomalous is here and he's like he's serious i'm like that's fucking hate from anomalous he's like okay i'm like yeah so we we have to crush this shit because i want to keep playing with these guys we played our set load our shit out Nate's coming up like, dude, you guys are fucking sick. Your amp sounds fucking fat. Like, holy shit, dude. Fucking give me your demo, dude. So I can, you know, give it to some, you know, some folks that I know who 
have ties with you know this label and that label i'm like god that'd be fucking great the next day the next day nate hits me up and he says hey man i know you're busy with your band but would you want to try out for ontogeny i was like ontogeny what's that he's like it's my side project it's, it's another project i have and i'm like yeah absolutely <laughs> my singer is gonna fucking love this <laughs> like but i don't care this is you know this is yeah, you know, I listen to Ontogeny, go to the MySpace, listen to those tracks, the Pillars of Perversion tracks, and I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking in. I, I would absolutely. I didn't have a seven string at the time. So we went and bought a seven string. The Ibanez RG, you know, like when the models were actually still kind of good. Um, yeah, I've got one of those. They're sick, you know. Um, <laughs> I'd rec I recommend those to any new seven string player. So That's like, a classic, right? classic yeah 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 absolutely i and the reason why is because the like the other affordable seven strings like the schecter is like that c-shaped neck is just you know when yeah. they're jumping that extra string it just it's like so much to grip on so that thinner neck profile on those ibanez seven strings you know it's gives was them a that, little bit that kind of the first one released or something like it was or like it was popular like corn or something like those those days or whatever or that was when uh, I was like, middle school so i don't know yeah, when yeah. Was i remember you had the white the white seven string casey i uh of which one or maybe it wasn't white but i remember you had a seven string at your apartment yeah it wasn't an the, the furniture dome. Oh, it joel wasn't had, oh joel had a black one that was his ah like the classic uh it's funny though, uh, Sam. I now play a Schecter instead of an Ibanez Seven, uh, for what it's worth. I don't. How does that, that feel? Me, so. Oh, okay. Well, right to each their own. I don't know. Yeah. It just doesn't bother me too much. So. Was that the Hellraiser? Yeah, I haven't cut the strings yet. It's a Damien Elite. There you go. Yeah, I mean Schecter. They make good guitars. I just go like. Dude, Neck profile is just so so damn thick. That C shape, it's insane. Mm. Teach their own though. So um, yeah. So Nate, he's like, "Where do you live?" I was like, "I live in Clear Lake." You know, I know you're in San Francisco. He's like, "Dude, I have family out on Cobb. Like Clear Lake's not too far. I'll just go so do I, yeah. on Cobb, and you know, I'll just come down and jam with you." I was like, "Like where?" He's like, well, "I mean, your house." And I'm like. Fuck yeah, okay, sure. So Nate drives all the way out with his guitar and you know, little little jam amp. Next thing I know, I'm like, dude, the guitar player from Anomalous is like right here in my bedroom. This is insane. <laughs> so not only does he teach me like a few ontogeny riffs, but he teaches me the intro to revelations. Like I was like, dude, teach me an anomalous riff. He's like, I know revelations. I'm like, you know that intro? He's like, Yeah, yeah, it goes like this. So he taught me that thing step by step, and that became like my new warm up. <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> I think I drove my old band members nuts. They're like, "Dude, can you stop playing that?" I'm like, "No, it's like the sickest thing I know right now. <laughs> like, you have no idea." So, uh, eventually, he invites me to his home in San Francisco, and was like, "Yeah, you know, come jam with me and Keith, and you know, let's let's teach you some songs, and you know, let's you know, let's see if you fit." So. Uh, my buddy Robbo drives me up there and uh we stay at nate's house for I don't know, a couple of days you know and i 
can't remember how many songs I learned, but I wanted that spot so bad. Like, I think I learned three or four songs like in a day. I was like, keep, keep feeding me, like keep giving yeah. me as much as you can. And one of the things I realized during those auditions and practices is Nate's riffs are can be incredibly difficult at times like one of the riffs so he was uh recording discord and dis uh disillusion at the time mm-hmm. and he one of the riffs on i think it's the song discord disillusion uh it's like this crazy arpeggiator it's like and he like steve morse he alternate picks those arpeggios and me listening, like going back home and listening to it, I thought he was sweeping them, but he was in, he pointed it out in one rehearsal. This is one of those things that like really kept me on my toes about when like band tightness is concerned. He said, Hey man, you know, we really want things to sound like really tight and cohesive. Like you, like you're, na- you're nailing it on the fretboard, but I need this to be as, as, you know, as tight as possible. So like try playing it like this. I'm like, dude, I can't. I can't play it like that. <laughs> like it's that's insane. You know, like how are you angling the pick like slanting like to nail those are page because it's between three different strings, right? Mm. Uh but he was just doing it. And I'm like, okay, like this is something new. Um the best part about those auditions as a fan of Anomalous was, you know, we would take breaks and he'd sit me down and he was like would you like to hear some new anomalous? And this was when they were writing, recording Omnivalent. So this is like 2009, 2010, I think, somewhere around there. Um, and the first song he plays me, there was no vocals tracked at the time, but the first song he plays me was the Omnivalent title track itself. And I just remember sitting there just in silence. Like I couldn't, I couldn't imagine on the fretboard and on the kit like what was being played right because it's it's a band that it's like okay so at the time you had bands like excuse me uh the faceless and you had job for a cowboy and you had decrepit birth and you had separate savior right you see you were able to see you know those bands live and doing what they could do on the fretboard to try to imagine what is going on on the fretboard on that fucking beast of a 10 minute song was i'm like dude holy shit and i'm looking at my buddy Rabo who drove me back to this day and he's like dude you got to go back home to your band and you need to tell him to step it up because that shit was fucking amazing yeah. i'm like yeah like god damn dude if i was like you want to play that again and he's just like it was 10 minutes let's show you another song and i'm like <laughs> i'm like dude i want to hear that again like that that was the the sickest fucking song i've ever heard in my life um, oh yeah it's the so techest then, tech death from california dude yeah call yeah. them the techest tech death band from california in my opinion yeah band to ever tech <laughs> um and just the fact that you're mentioning revelations the song and um i mean to us that's you know i know that the re-recorded version just dropped so but i think you know for posterity's sake it's worth mentioning that 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 just came out right before this episode was filmed uh, so I heard that and I was like, you know exactly what you're talking about. Um, very sick. And yeah. I'll add that I knew Omnivalent, but didn't really go back to Cognitive Dissonance. Um, so now that it's coming out again, 
it's kind of like new anomalous to me. It's almost like I'm yeah. kind of glad I didn't know it the first one. I get to experience it as a first time release, like first time listeners in some ways. Totally. Um, that's so exciting. I'm, I'm like yeah. prime audience for it. And uh and it sounds it still sounds like ahead of 2023. Like it still sounds like it's pushing and the fact that it came out 17 years back or whatever is fuck your am I right on that? But yeah, just incredible. Like so fucking forward and and max is just one of my favorites yeah so, dude max yeah, yeah nate dude. nate and max what a fucking combo max is up in the chat what up dude uh, hell yeah dude there you are dude during those during those auditions to the ontogeny auditions i was hoping max would like just randomly show up so i can start picking his brain too like tim was there and i met tim and i'd like talk to him a little bit but he was like into i think he was into doing his own thing at the times so, and i was like all right i don't want to bother this guy too much but I had a lot of questions about Anomalous to to Nate. Um, and after learning Nate's songs, I think it was at a point in time where I was like, he's like, you know, it'd be really cool if you wrote some riffs for Ontogeny. And I'm like, uh, I'm 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 a student right now, dude. It's like I'm I'm learning shit. And it was cool because like you can hear event like once you learn Nate's riffs, you eventually start hearing it like where Nate's riffs are and like the anomalous like song structure. Um you start noticing the different the different voices of the different guitar players and the different personalities, right? Mm-hmm. So Nate showed me a lot of cool chops that um, uh, helped my songwriting still to this day. Like there's there's uh, picking techniques and string jumping techniques that that I learned from Ontogeny that I still use in my writing, like to this day. So you know, shout out to Nate who you know was like. Dude, come over like let's let's get you in this band so unfortunately that didn't work out because of the distance um yeah i didn't have a driver's license and it was i i respectfully bowed out because i didn't want to hold on talk because nate wanted to play shows right he wanted to get on touch and he you know rolling and i didn't want to be that guy for the band to wait for so i was like hey man you know i'm really sorry but i gotta you know i don't want to hold your band back like this band is too sick to to say hey you know wait for me you know like but i was like no just get this shit out there the people the death metal community needs to hear this and see it live like you know that's i was a fan of ontogeny too so uh respectfully bowed out of that tried to start another project start another project and you know due to it not really working out that's when i decided to hit the solo you know the solo road and um it took it took a long while to get that started because um i was a very raging alcoholic for a long 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 time like it uh it took for me like i had to hit rock bottom to finally realize like what was important in life Mm -hmm. um so I will admit that the couple of projects that started and didn't work out were probably my fault. Uh, I yeah. have no problem, you know, admitting that, you know, it's, it, it is what it is. And right. It, you know, it happens, you know, totally. so. And it's also in your past too. It's not you today. So. Right. Right. So, um, so I went solo. I, had a macbook pro uh so my wife now when we met she helped me fix it she was like hey you know like let's fix your laptop 
I've, you know, she bought me my first eight string, in fact. So it was like her, like, yeah, I know you're stuck with me kind of like deal. She was like, <laughs> here you go. Like, you know, here's your first eight string. And I was like, okay, yeah, no, we're doing this. So she, not only she helped me, you know, fix the laptop and get me the eight string, but, you know, she was very supportive of, you know, me getting started. She was the one who said like, hey, you know, you need to fix your shit. Yeah. And you start writing music again. And you need to get out there and you need to get back with your friends because it sounds like what's missing in your life is your your friends who play music, you know. So mm-hmm. release some music, get back out there, get back on your feet. So did that keep so, is that was that kind of your way of getting away from the alcohol too, is just focusing on creating music? Or were you um, still drinking during that? No, I was kind of still drinking during that. And there was a time where she was just like, all right, so check it out. You're going to quit drinking or I'm going to leave you. Like, mm-hmm. this is, this really needs to stop. And so, you you know, I can't, I can't be with somebody who's, you know. So I was like, all right. So I sobered up, started writing music, um, started releasing some tunes. And of course, the first person I sent some tunes to is Nate Venerucci because it was like, you know, the guitar player I resonated with, like, you know, the most at the time. So I was like, dude, check this out. I got this going on. He's like, this is fucking sick. Put it out there. So I mm-hmm. put one song out, two song out, three song out. Um, and eventually, you know, some of my old bandmates, you know, from Lake County, they were like, hey, dude, like, this shit's fucking dope. Yeah. My old guitar player from One for Every Victim, he was going to Musicians Institute at the time. And, uh, I went over to his house, you know, after not seeing him for a minute, and he was telling me about, you know, native instruments and contact and, you know, using software instruments and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm really getting into, uh, like, I kind of want to dabble in, like, orchestral sounds. You know, I was like, you know, guitars, bass, and drums, that's great. You know, it's it's good instrumental and stuff like that. I was like, but I don't know, like, it just sounds empty. Like, it sounds like it needs, like, something more. And he's like, well, you can use synthesizers. I was like, well, who isn't using synthesizers? You know, like, I, I need something more. And he's like, okay, so what are you looking at? I was like, I'm looking at this company from London called Spitfire Audio. And he's like, what do they do? I'm like, so you know how Track has superior drummer and, you know, all that stuff where you can have complete control of your mic signals, your mix, you can add your own EQ, your own compression and all that. It's like, yeah, I was like, th- that's what Spitfire Audio does with orchestras. And they don't just record these orchestras anywhere. They record them at London or at Lyndhurst Hall at Air Studios in London, which is where all film scores are recorded. Wow. So they have like 20 microphones like positioned. They have one behind the conductor. They have uh, the outriggers that, you know, capture the wide stereo sound. They have... uh ambience mics that are positioned all over this church hall that is just acoustically treated it's like the best hall to record orchestras aside from abbey road and like you know sony studios in los angeles so you can literally like if you are listening to this plugin in a 7.1 like dolby atmos setting you can hear the reverb surrounding you like in the hall whoa so I got interested in that and I'm like, you know, I think I can make something different and have my own voice 
as a solo, you know, death metal guy, you know, being inspired by people like Luke Yeager of Sleep Terror and Whitaker of Insidious Decrepancy. I'm like, if these guys can do it with a drum machine, like, shit, I'm a fucking drummer. If I get my hands on a drum machine, I'll program that <laughs> shit to sound like a fucking real drummer. Yeah. So, um, through trial and error, eventually. So, yeah, I eventually got an income tax together and I bought my first Spitfire Audio Library, the Albion One Orchestra. And I didn't have quite so much control, but it had enough to make SL1 happen. So I started fucking around with it, you know, like seeing what I can do out of it. And of course, for some reason, as a guitar player, you start messing with the strings, you know. Um, so, yeah, the Spitfire Audio... I sent something to Nate and I was like, you know, what do you think about this? And he's like, yeah, dude, um, I think you got something, something real special here. And I'm like, okay, cool. So somewhere around that time, my wife and I, we had our first child, uh, our only child too. We had our daughter uh, and uh, around eight months, we, you know, within an eight month span of time, we realized something was physically wrong with her. Mm. and uh she is uh she has a rare form of of uh of kidney disorder it's called aprt but during her infancy you know she was you know expelling you know blood crystals through her in her diapers through her urine and kept taking her in the hospital over and over again to try to find out what was wrong with her um and eventually they did an ultrasound and they found both her kidneys were filled with kidney stones and the nurse who found him, she told us that it was a life and death situation. So mm. my, I was at work, you know, doing tree work out in Galala. It was like two hours away from my home. I didn't know what was going on. A fire had started out in this place, Redwood Valley, close to our home. And it burnt the fiber optics. So there was no cell service. So my wife couldn't get a hold of me to tell me what was going on. Fuck. She didn't. He didn't have the heart to fly in the helicopter to UCSF. So she had to wait for me to get home. I didn't get home until like six o'clock. And everybody was freaking out about the fire. They're like, dude, we have ranches out here. Some of us have horses. Some of us, our mothers live out here. Like we need to stop work and go home and make sure we don't need to evacuate, you know? So, right. and the 101 was shut down going south. So when I got home and realized, you know, my wife informed me what was happening with our child, she was like, you know, we need to take her to UCSF to, you know, to get to get the help that she needs. So we loaded our shit up. We I drove. I had to take Highway 20 towards the coast to Highway 1 from Fort Bragg all the way to the 128 to get around where they had shut down the grade to get back onto the 101 to get all the way to UCSF Mission Bay. And I think we got there at like 1.30 in the morning. I didn't wow. sleep for I didn't sleep for 72 hours because I was, you know, scared shitless that I was going to lose my child, right? Yeah, yeah. So, the, you know, and the team of specialists who they had there, not only were they amazing, but they were like, yo, dad, you need to go to sleep. Like, go to sleep. And I was like, if someone told you, that what was happening was your child to your child was a matter of life and death. Would you be able to sleep? They said, who said that? I said, the nurse back at Adventist Health and Willits told us that. And they said, your daughter's going to be fine. That nurse is a fucking idiot. 
Whoa. Okay. They're like, will you please go to sleep? I was like, my daughter's going to live. They're like, yeah, your daughter's going to be just fine. Go to sleep. Oh, man. Give me a pillow right now, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No. So. Well, that's intense, bro. I mean, as a dad, you know, I was on the edge of my seat during that whole story. Yeah. So I went home. At once we were released to go home. Uh, so wait, real quick, went, is it still a, a situation for her now, or is it something that her condition is stable. for? Yeah, no, she. So we the medication that they have offered to her. Um, I'm gonna go off on a little bit of a go for it, tangent dude. here right now, dude. But so she sees uh, a nephrologist. She sees a urologist. The nephrologist. He wanted to start her on this medication called allopurinol. Now, allopurinol is something that uh, late teens and adults take to treat their like kidney stone problem, right? Mm-hmm. For lack of better phrasing. The side effects and allergic reactions were beyond horrendous and would have left my daughter worse off than what she already you know, had. She, and at that time, she had went through two surgeries the first surgery they had to go because she couldn't uh, pass her stones. It was too small. Um, They had to install a stent in her ureter, which is the, uh, the area which connects the kidney to the bladder. They had to go in through her urethra. Um, The second procedure was the lithotripsy, I think is what it's called, where they go in with a scope that has a laser on it through her urethra, through her bladder, into the ureter and they had to laser out the kidney stones so that she was able to pass them um so to try to avoid that from yeah and um i hope any parent never has to experience having to hold their child down while she's being fed anesthesia and she doesn't know what's going on so she's screaming right until she Mm -hmm. eventually passes out and the doctors you know they knew i was pissed I'm like, why didn't she? Because the, the first time they put her under, they put like this big screen in front of her and they're like, what is she like? I was like, she likes trolls. They put on trolls and she just watched trolls and fell asleep. Perfect. The second, the second procedure, they didn't fucking do that. And they didn't give it an even mix of anesthesia and oxygen. They just gave her pure anesthesia. And I'm like, where's the fucking screen? Like, where's, you know, where's the comfort? Right. And they're they're like, no, we just need to, you know, I'm like, no, like get the fucking screen. Like it's right there. I'm looking right at it. Like make her comfortable. And they didn't do that. So Fuck. yeah. I had to hold my daughter still and listen to her scream until she fell asleep. And uh it was it was like I was watching my daughter die. So it's True. I know that's not what was happening, but that's what my ADHD was doing to my brain. So right. I stormed out of that fucking room, dude. Like, I didn't wait for the doors to open up automatically. And one doctor <laughs> followed me up, put his hand on me, and I slammed his arm away. And I was like, you know, I hope you never, ever have a kid and have to fucking experience what I just experienced right there. Do not fucking touch me. Ever. Yeah. So that was like the, you know, it was a harsh time. Mm-hmm. So back on, back to the story of the nephrologist. She wanted to start her on allopurinol. So I started asking questions. I said, okay, at the time my daughter was three, she's now six. I asked her, I said, okay, 
I understand that you went through X amount of years to go through medical school and acquire the title of PhD. I also understand that you did more training to acquire the term or to acquire the title nephrologist. With that being said, in your professional career, have you seen any successful tests of this medication on somebody her age? And she said, I'm unaware of that. And I said, so you just want to guinea pig my child? Because the thing about this medicine is once she starts taking it, she has to take it for the rest of her life. She can't stop. Hmm. And I had a serious issue with that. I'm like, these, these side effects and allergic reactions, we're talking about stomach bleeding. We're talking about, you know, blood in the diarrhea. We're talking, you know, things right. that are just fucking horrendous, as I said before. So I'm like... Right. You just want to guinea pig my child. And she said, no, because it's been successfully tested. I'm like, on adults and teenagers, not somebody her age. So you're just guinea pigging my child just to like try to put it. That's like not even a solution. That's not even a bandaid. Like, what are you doing? And she so said, so what's the alternative of not having that med medication now? Diet. We have to make sure that she drinks plenty of water eats very healthy we have to keep her away from things like sweet potatoes things that you know because what her condition is is she has an enzyme deficiency that it's she's missing the enzyme that breaks down her kidney stones mm. so but aside from all of that she's a tough bright little girl like oh, yeah. she doesn't let any of it bother her like when she passes a stone it sounds like she's she just makes defecating grunt noise she's like oh, you know and that's about it and then right when i you know when <laughs> she passed her first tone dude she was she was maybe like a year and a half you know and it was like the size of a lentil bean and i'm looking at her like there's no blood there's no i'm like you just like kidney stones cripple people Whoa. you know so yeah but she's just tough about it you know and it just doesn't face her she you know the only thing that she does, she's just like, oh, I got a bellyache. Like, I don't feel so good. And then she'll pass a stone and she'll be totally fine. But Jesus Christ. Yeah. Hasn't passed a stone. Like, okay. She's passed like little sediment stones here and there, but nothing that is like crippled her like it did in the past. So mm -hmm. um, she's going to school. She's bright. She's all smiles. That's she's awesome, creative dude. she's into music she's a dancer she's a singer and she's an artist she was into visual art she's always making things she's you know very fit she has ideas too like i mean coming from your bloodline it sounds like all your siblings were creative too so it makes sense that she would catch that vibe yeah well i try to surround her with you know art and she also likes death metal <laughs> like it's the coolest <laughs> thing ever yeah like, actually i i remember uh, a past video uh i had came across where she was rocking out to some severed xavier in the living room dude you, and you had posted a video about it so i put something on and you know how youtube algorithms work like you'll put something new on and then like it'll like like oh you watched a severed savior video so here we're just gonna put this on autoplay you know right, like right, right next to it and I remember, I can't remember if it was like Sesame Street or Super <laughs> Simple or whatever. Another but... double S, Sesame Street and the Severed Savior. <laughs> right? So I put that thing on and I'm making some, like a snack or something. Like in the, you know, my wife is out doing grocery shopping and uh, I'm making something for her to eat. 
And next thing I know, I hear a live video come on and I'm like, oh shit. Like, <laughs> so I'm like trying to finish things and I'm like, okay, she's not going daddy or anything. Like she, in fact, she's quiet. So then I run in there. I'm like, are you okay? And she's rocking out. And I'm like, that's awesome, dude. Yeah. Like, like, this is, this is for real right now. Like she was doing like arts and crafts and shit. And then she just stopped. And I'm like, holy fuck i was like you like this she's like i like his growl and i'm wow, like oh dude that's oh cool. wow i was i was like oh shit so i was like dude she heard trapanese growl and was like just hooked that's like, sick I, dude I'm like this I'm flattered. is insane so yeah like so she was you know like you know feed me more like because she likes my music you know so like i'll be like rehearsing my stuff and She's in the background windmilling like corpse grinder, and I'm like, "This is fucking rad." <laughs> Sesame like, Savior, is... dude. Shout out to the professor <laughs> for that Savior. one, dude. or Casey, whoever <laughs> threw that out. Uh, yeah, that was me. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, this is um, feel good. This is all coming around. This is very wholesome. This totally, dude. Rules, and dude. it's tight. So, one going back to like you know when we discovered what was happening i came home and i wrote the song thanophobia um and that's yeah, the song what is that... the definition of that so i was writing when i wrote the song before i named it thanophobia i was writing about that whole experience finding out what was happening to my kid being told she might die she might live right mm -hmm. and just feeling the roller coaster of emotions of anger and grief and angst and fear uh so i was looking i was like okay searching google like is there a word for the meaning the fear of your loved one dying and that word came up and it said it had two meanings so thanophobia on according to google because we should believe google <laughs> according to google there's two meanings the first one is the fear of dying the second meaning is the fear of your loved ones dying. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm going to roll with the second one. Yeah. So that's what that song expresses is just that story of, you know. Wow, dude. That opens yeah. that song up so much more for me now, dude. I'm going to I was. A, I've been already. Pissed. And like I said, I listened to it a few times this week. And I've, you know, I'd heard it in the past, too. And that now will give it another fresh listen for me. And now I'll have that as you know, the story behind that. Cause instrumental music, you know, um, it does your music definitely evokes emotions while you're listening to it, but to, to know like the true, um, origin of an instrumental song and it actually have a story behind it. It, it that makes it even better for me now, dude. I kind of want to know what every one of your songs is about now okay well the other the other songs in there were just i mean if you were whatever if you weren't wrapped up with that you can finish off what you were saying right there but i'm just saying like it that makes me more curious about your music you know oh yeah i mean i i forget adhd man i forgot where i was uh you're, I know I was you're talking, talking about, about my you're talking about the fear of the losing a loved one and that's what influ yeah. influenced that song so and that's why you made I wrote it that and and it came out like it just poured out you know what i mean i didn't have to think about anything i was just like okay this first riff you know in fact 
the first riff that I wrote was the like the insane tapping roof with the blast beats. Like mm -hmm. then I wrote like the intro and then the song just came out and came out and came out like, okay, this is next. This is next. This is next. There, it, it wasn't even a plan. It just, it was, I am pissed because I was scared and it, <laughs> yeah. you know, the fact of having a nurse be wrong about that it was a life or death situation right you know it, i mean it, and there there was a mistake and, and not to bring it on to myself but i was just going to say real quick with my our my wife's first pregnancy there was a thing that happened that in the beginning they said oh 95 chance it's gonna fix itself and then you know a while later down the road we talked to somebody and they said, oh, no, they had the numbers switched. It's actually only 5% chance that it was going to fix itself. So we had gone this whole time off of that first nurse's thing, too. So it's like it's you got to get your second opinions, really, yeah. because it seems kind of more frequent that that could happen. You just got to make sure that everybody's giving you the correct information, dude. Yeah, yeah, and the the premium that 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 UCSF charges, like, so I, you know, I was making pretty good, decent money at the time, you know, doing power line clearance tree trimming for you know a company contract with your PG&E. So I had pretty good health insurance through Blue Cross Blue Shield, and mm -hmm. my copay just for that nephrologist specialist for one hour of a visit was seven hundred fucking dollars. Wow! So it. Um, I eventually told her, I was like, you know what, dude, like when we come here, we are living the definition of insanity. Like we are doing the same things over and over again, inspecting shit to change and it's fucking bullshit. So mm -hmm. until you have some kind of breakthrough, like, because as, as far as they were concerned, my daughter's condition, it's on the low side of the spectrum, but they don't know why it's happening. They've never, apparently they've never seen it before. Wow. So she's kind of like patient zero, like on that thing trip. So they, I'm like, until you have something, instead of just going out of a, on, on a limb and saying, we're going to try this and we're going to try that regardless of, you know, side effects and allergic reactions until you have something, some kind of true solution. Don't fucking call me. Yeah. Like, you know. So when you mentioned the diet, what are some other foods besides sweet potato that would increase your chances of getting kidney stones um one second honey aside from sweet potatoes what else do we keep her off of okay so it's kind of uh a trial by fire kind of thing it was you know the main thing they said was just to keep pushing her water you know but yeah, my, wife, my wife my wife discovered yeah. my wife discovered that sweet potatoes uh can cause kidney stones or something mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. but um she she can eat anything else you know but it, it's weird like i we sometimes wonder um whenever she passes stones like okay what did we feed her like or is she not drinking enough water so it's like a which one was it kind of thing you know and it mm -hmm. can weaken it can it can make everything really obscure so right yeah but, i think it would mainly be in water and in, intake 
too, but I, I, I'm not a fucking doctor. Yeah, I, no, I, they told us to just keep pushing water. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, well, yeah, dude, but, the fact that she's a trooper and she's, you know, expressing herself just like any other six year old little girl would, that's fucking rad, you know? Yeah. And that's, that was the thing I, you know, prayed for most was like, just, you know, please just have a, you know, a happy, you know, normal childhood, you know, aside mm-hmm. from what's happening to you, you know, like, having to you know put that mask on you know like keep smiling at your child you know it's one thing when something is happening to you know your siblings or your parents it's another thing if something's happening to your child oh definitely and there's it's you know it's when it's out of your hands you know because your dad you know you take pride like whatever it is that's wrong for you i will fix it you know Uh, during this i'll always be your hero type feeling yeah and then you know life throws a curveball at you like try to fix this yeah it's it's mm-hmm. you know can be rough it's definitely <laughs> humbling yeah for sure dude oh yeah oh yeah um so well, to your question other song names um they kind of represent the song itself like so the second song amorphous amorphous means like you know not having an arrangement or formula that's kind of what that song was <laughs> like. It, <laughs> it was just like a bunch of riffs thrown together without an arrangement or formula. Like, whatever, don't care. Here's something cool. Something brief was a short song that was brief. It was just something for you to <laughs> chew on that was brief. Um, Wait, what'd you say? What when Neosi? What is Neosi? Oh, it's actually it's uh it's an acronym for neoclassical. <laughs> nice. It's Neo and CL, Neoclassical. And I just, I didn't have a song title for it. So I was just like, oh, I thought, whatever, just, you know. Even with glasses, yeah. I read it wrong. I thought it was an I. I was like, it sounds like a name of somebody. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, that's cool. I, just, that I, I was guessing SEL is just your uh, uh, initials. That's my daughter's initials. Oh, okay. Yeah. SEL is Scarlett Emery Lanyon. And nice. she, um, I wrote that song to express the joy I get from being her father. You know, like my time with my child is the most invalid, like (laughs) put it this way. I should be working on new music. Right. Right. But instead of working on new music, I'm playing with my child. I'm playing with my kid. Like I'm so selfish with my time with my child. Like right now too, especially it's very important, dude. Oh yeah. Cause that's going to age there's going to come a day where she's not going to want to hang out with me anymore, mm-hmm, you know, and mm-hmm. she's going to want to go off and be her own human. And so right. I'm feeling I, it with my, my 12 year old boy. He's, he, I mean, he's still down to kick it, but he's now wanting to, you know, I'm going to go to my friend's house now. He's got a cell phone now. So he's like, yeah. call me if you need me. And I'm like, dude, he's out, bro. He's gone. We, he, it's like official now. It's crazy. I'm yeah. gonna stay at my buddy's house. All right. Well, he doesn't. He asks, obviously, but I'm just saying we're we're chill with it, you know. But it, even so, you know, and yeah. you try to look for things to like try to bond with him with, you know. And you're just and there's like, <laughs> I appreciate the effort, but I'm still gonna go over here, you know. <laughs> Let's just say we'll bond on a Christmas present. We'll be playing some video games soon. Yeah. There you go. Got that PS5 yeah. coming. There you so, go. Yeah. So Sam, so. You have you said you were releasing singles before the 
EP. Uh, is there a place to hear those songs? No, I took them down. You took them all down? <laughs> I took them down. I wasn't, I, some, I, okay. I have the MP3s. So I, or the WAV files. I still have all those. They're on a hard drive. I know exactly where they're at. Um, my older brother. So I took them down because they were, they didn't have any momentum. And I was just having that, um, the fear of like, I don't know, like my ADHD kicked in and I was like, these songs have no momentum. It means no one likes them. Maybe they're not good enough. Fuck it. Take them down. Start, start all over again. Like start from fresh. Maybe you rush too fast to get music out there. So it's not good enough. So I have them and I was, I think of either a releasing them again or B recreating and re-recording them so that I could do them maybe a bit more justice. Mm -hmm. Um, It was only like, you know, five, like five or six songs, you know, so you're not missing out on anything. Um, But uh, I just need to get around to, you know, like when my daughter's asleep, maybe I'll sit down at the desk and, you know, do something, but I'm also supposed to be writing for Anomalous, right? (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say that's a good segue to get into uh, how you got hooked up with Anomalous because that's what you guys had done for Anomalous was recreate their first EP. Yeah. So um, the pandemic took place and I think it was June or July of... 2022 when i my family first caught covid like it hit us hard dude uh you've taken you, time you off dodged it for that long yeah 2022 yeah. damn we did pretty good well so when it first happened i sheltered in place because ucsf told us if your daughter contracts this virus she doesn't stand a chance right like, shelter in place and protect your kids so i con i contacted the president of my company and thankfully he was flexible he was just like shelter in place dude you'll still have your job like go ahead protect your kid so i was very thankful for that yeah Um, but then funds started running out and six months later i went right back to work we finally let our guard down uh for like fourth of july right we were like okay she's not getting any younger let's go out to the parade let's bring her to the fair nobody's wearing masks anymore like nobody gives a shit like it's fine like let's go Let's be normal humans. Let's just give it a shot and see what happens. And that one fucking time Damn. we let our guard down, dude. It starts with my daughter, hits her for 13 hours, dude. She's puking, she's defecating. The very next day, like I'm about to bring her up to, you know, give her a bath. And I'm just feeling something imploding in my body. And my wife's like, Are you okay? I'm like, I just need to go fucking lay down. Like, I don't know what's going on. I was bedridden for, for like ever. It seemed like it felt like a fucking eternity, dude. Uh, I lost my taste. I lost my smell. I was vomiting. I was defecating. I felt like somebody took a vice and was just squeezing my rib cage like together. Damn. I felt like I gotten six fights in one day and I was just, dude i felt like i got my ass kicked like hard my perception of reality was altered like i would try to go outside to get some fresh air and it felt like i was not the matrix but like the truman show like i was looking up at the sky and i'm like 
it doesn't feel like I'm outside. Yeah, it's like fake. It, yeah, it felt it felt like a like I was stimulating myself or something. Like I know that sounds crazy, but it's it's what I was experiencing too. Like it, it Dude, it's a fever us, dream. It up good. Fever and, dream, uh, right? Water tasted terrible. Oh, like, that's bad. Bottled water tasted like like it had been stagnant for two weeks and they rebottled it and put it in my fridge. Like it was it was god awful, dude. Um and sometime before that I put in my order for my Kiesel. So <laughs> <laughs> while I'm like recovering, uh, I'm like just like getting back to life. I'm getting my taste back and shit. My phone's going off. Boom, boom, boom. It's going off. And I'm like just hit me up and i'm looking at it and it's max max is like commenting on my music and i'm like <laughs> like this is fucking for real like my favorite guitar player is like hitting me up right now like okay then he's hitting me up on facebook and i'm like this is insane like this is really i got covid right now dude like you picked a hell of a time <laughs> to start hitting me up and uh so we you know he's like dude you want to like you know like is there any more music like to listen to and i was like dude give me your email address i'll send you like all my whole catalog like you can <laughs> fucking have all of it dude. like i want you to hear my shit and he's like yeah sick dude all right so we're shooting shit back and forth and that's when he starts streaming and you know i'm being there to support him my keysel arrives and shit and i'm like dude check this out dude my fucking keysel's here it's so fucking sick He's like, hell yeah, dude. So Max's momentum's building up on Twitch. Nate's writing new ontogeny. And then Max, you know, he starts telling me, he's like, hey, dude, you know, we're fucking, we're recreating cognitive dissonance. I'm like, are you fucking serious? He's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty fucking sick. And I was like, dude, if you guys need anything, like I have, because by this time, I invested thousands of dollars into Spitfire Audio software. I have the BBC Symphony Orchestra. I have Hans Zimmer strings. I've invested in Hans Zimmer synthesizer. Like, I can compose. I can film score on my own computer now. So it's wow. like pretty fucking tight. Man. My wife just, my wife loses her mind. I'm just like, all right, I'm going to get this orchestra and I won't need anything else. And she's like, <laughs> yeah, fucking right, dude. Like, <laughs> so then... A new library comes out that can't do any that can only you can only do this on this library. You can't duplicate it with a sub library. And I'm like, honey, I need this one. And she's like, God fucking damn it. <laughs> like, how many of the how much of this shit are you gonna buy? I'm like, probably all of it. Right. But anyway. Anyway, um <laughs> she stopped listening to you. <laughs> no, my daughter is over here. Uh, okay. Up, no, she's fine. What's up? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> so anyway, um, I had invested so much into it and Max is like, we might take you up on that. And I'm like, no, I'm serious, dude. Like free of charge on the house. Like I, you're my favorite band. I will, whatever you guys need, you need fucking drum samples. You need fucking, you know, synth, whatever you need. Just let me know, hit me up. And he goes, all right, man. So then he contacts me again. He's like, dude, I pitched the shit to Tim. And Tim's like, you know, yeah, you know, let's hit him up. So I hit up Tim on Instagram and I was like, hey, dude, you know, I have here's my list of toys. Mm, like, yeah. 
like right here like whatever vision you have like i'm sure we can do it like i have sound design i have this i have that so tim's like let's zoom on it you know let's you know i let's let's see what you, let's see what you can do so tim graciously enough sends me a brand new song brand new but like in parts yeah uh and he's like i want to see what you can do with this i was like well what are you looking for and he's like uh-huh i'm like well if i'm going to do something for you i need to treat this i need to make sure it's appropriate so you know what i don't want to just go willy-nilly and just throw whatever on there you know because this is this is your shit right here so what what are you looking for so he give, he's like, all right, I'm looking for this, this, and this. And I'm like, okay. So I make him six variations of, you know, what he described. And I start sending him videos back and forth. And then we zoom on it. And he's like, he's like, all right, dude. Okay. So um, around this time, I was, I recreated the intro to Cognitive Dissonance, like just for fun, you know, whatever. So I, I was like, you know what? I should probably send this to Tim. So I made a video and I sent it to his Facebook. And I said, you maybe want to be interested in this, but this is my, you know, recreation. And if you want it, you know, you can have it. And he's like, can we please have that? I was like, yeah, you can have it for cognitive dissonance. And by the way, who's doing drums? And he's like, uh, nobody. We're, we're kind of programming. And I was like, what samples are you using? He said, well, I mean, we're just, you know, doing this and that. I'm like, dude, I'm a drummer. Like, send me the MIDI, and I will do my best to make it sound like you hired a world-class drummer. Like, and in fact, I'll do some nuances. If you're okay with it, I'll do some nuances in there because there's a way that I can hear myself playing these songs. He's like, yeah, sure, man. Like, we'll we'll see what fits. So he sends me Cognitive Dissonance first. And then I just, for hours on end, I'm just going through it, mapping it out. And uh, I had my own like little like customized kit built on Superior Drummer Death and Darkness that was engineered by Mark Lewis. And uh, I sent it back to him and he was reading the message of how ecstatic he was, was one of the best feelings ever, you know, like to hear that, you know, your hero was pleased you know with like what you did to like his drum midi he was like all right i'm probably getting ahead of myself but you want to just be in the band <laughs> you want to just come along for the ride and like you know like i like your music and we all like your music we think you know we're all friends and you know uh nate and max speak highly of you and you know you're you write sick riffs you know and you're a drummer too and you have all these like this cool shit to play with you know like you know do you want to you know you know if you want you can have you can come along so i was like dude i haven't been in a band in like over a decade and if there's any band that i'm gonna fucking join you know it's it's gonna be this one like for sure oh yeah and i'm oh, eating yeah. dinner while i'm like reading this text and my wife she's like what are you smiling about i was like i'm an anomalous <laughs> this is sick. i'm like this is the craziest shit ever i never thought in a million years my number one favorite band would be like come with us like oh yeah help That's us right, out right with us so now it's your band <laughs> no. apparently no it's not no so <laughs> so yeah, when i when i had seen you and max streaming together that one day i popped in on you guys for a little bit and you were were you what were you doing exactly? Were you 
we were charting out on Guitar Pro Cognitive Dissonance itself, but the way we had to do it, because Max wants... So there's streamers on Twitch who play Rocksmith, right? And the way that you chart out music for Rocksmith is it has to flow to the song, right? So major props to Tim for in 2005 2006 to making that that ep happen with what he had because he all he had was fruity loops with no triplet grid so he had to do some serious math to make triplets and like straight straight uh subdivisions happen you know on the drums so he had to go back and forth between 320 bpms and 240 to like make the mm -hmm. for example cognitive dissonance going from triplet subdivisions on the drums to straight time subdivisions on the drums so he was doing what he could but um and i and i'm hoping i'm not you know speaking i'm hoping i'm not mistaken but i think he as a drummer he's not paying attention to a grit he's just going like now i'm going to slide this part over here some of those parts that he slid over there like for like when the music would stop and it would be like the guitar and then the drums would pick back up and come back in with a drum fill it started on a 30 second note upbeat just before the next bar <laughs> the way that me and max had to tab this out to work on rocksmith and to make sure that it flowed with the song we had to like, go through and tab shit on like it, it's just it looks like a bad chart <laughs> to to put it bluntly you know so mm -hmm. i'm telling max i'm like dude this is gonna be fucked up looking like any person who reads like charts or sheet music or anything like that they're gonna go why are these guys starting <laughs> on this 30 second upbeat i was like but what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna go back for the official because what we're doing is we're also having making official tablature for everybody we're going to make official cognitive dissonance tabs with guitar left, guitar right, solo, and bass. Um, but I'm going to go back and make sure that the chart makes sense for everybody. So that when, like, if they're not jamming along to the song and they're not playing Rocksmith, they can look at it and go, okay, here's where this bar starts. Here's this and that. And actually have triplet subdivisions. And I'm actually going the extra mile and noting the picking structures. So that you are picking exactly like Max and Nate. Mm -hmm. And also uh, Guitar Pro 8 now has this feature where it tells you which finger you're using on the fretboard too. So hmm. we're literally, you know, if we're going to release tablature, you know, then we're going to make sure that the person studying is, you know, they're not going to have any questions. You know, they're not going to want like... If there's not going to be a playthrough, they're not going to need it, you know, because they're going to have the charted like, okay, index finger, pick stroke down on this fret, right? So mm -hmm. it's a lot of work, but, you know, why not? Yeah. It's worth so. it for that material, man. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So he's the most guitar pro, pro guy I know. Maybe <laughs> he would appreciate the all the detail for sure so <laughs> yeah yeah dude, um, it's but yeah man that's sick and um, i'm extremely excited i had a couple questions about your solo material and how you put that together so you had an uh older eight string you recorded that that wasn't your newer kiesel for that material yeah it was an ibanez rga8 
I think is what it's called. It's their cheapest eight string model. It's that black one with so that's the... that's an RG eight. Okay, it sounds pretty good. Yeah. Well, I was I was lucky enough to because one of the things I was worried about was how my guitar tone was going to sound. And thankfully, TuneTrack, they have things to appease guitar players and bass players. They have this plugin called Easy Mix. And mm-hmm. you can buy the li- the the patch libraries. They're, they're called Metal Guitar Gods. And the first one has all the t- all the rhythm, clean, and lead tones from Frederick Thorndale of Meshuga, Misha Mansour of Periphery, Devin Townsend, and Matthias A. I can't say his Swedish last name. I'm terrible at it. But just the Ornundal and Misha Mansour's tones on it. I was like, okay, I'm grabbing that. You know, and then the second one had Tosin Abasi, Jeff Loomis, um, two other guitar players that I can't remember offhand, but I was like, I like Tosin's tones as well. So um thankfully I was able to utilize Misha's um rhythm tones. Frederick Thorndall's lead tones and some of his clean tones. I utilized his bass tone for the bass track. The bass track wasn't a bass guitar. It was my eight string with an octave shift down and just mm. finger picking it. Wow. So I put uh I put Frederick's bass tone on that sucker. And then for some of like the tapping cleans and like a little bit of like the only thumping part that is in the second song. That's mm-hmm. Tosin's uh, Tosin's clean tones. Uh, nice. Yeah. So. Well, okay. So at least I, I, I caught the animals as leaders. Uh, I caught the tone, if not yeah. necessarily the 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 influence from like being a big fan or something. But yeah, that part I was definitely like, well, you know, this is downstream of of that style. So it was it was definitely a. A, a huge melting pot of like okay so what i rich what i originally wanted it to sound like because anomalous wasn't doing anything you know they were on their hiatus and being such a fan of that sound i was like nobody else is keeping that sound going like it's mm-hmm. kind of angering me <laughs> so i'm like i know some of you know i was taught some of nate's technique so i'm like i want to keep that sound going i want to keep that that little chapter of bay area death metal like going you know so how do i do that without sounding totally like anomalous and that's when spitfire audio came through so i was like okay i'm a huge fan of hans zimmer so i'm gonna make this like anomalous meets hans <laughs> like mm-hmm. and just do my own thing you know i guess so it um it was a pain in the ass to create because of the the utilities that I had, such as only eight gigs of RAM. So what I had to do was I had to do two separate sessions. I had to do a session of guitars, bass, and drums on mm-hmm. one session, and then bounce those to audio because I didn't have yeah. enough RAM, and then open a different session to do all the orchestrals and like strategically plan that. I wish. I had the mixing knowledge that I have now because I think that EP would have sounded way better mm-hmm. um, mixing wise because sometimes the drums get drowned out from all like the low frequencies of the lower range instruments and there's no dynamic EQ on the snare so the snare doesn't pop through the mix as it as it was supposed to so um, it didn't bother me though like hearing it today for the first time I I thought the mix was good 
So, I mean, I think, you know, I think you should, you should be happy with it for, for still living out there. Totally. Um, yeah. yeah I, was, sure. I was hyped. Yeah. I'm happy the way that it came out. It's just, it's, it's just how an artist is. You look at your own painting and you go, I probably could have done this better. You know? Yeah. 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 But you know, like finishing and putting something out is is better than just perpetually changing it or whatever. So you just kind of, I think it's good to, that it's been out there simmering. And I've I've said it many times on the show, dude. If we were completely satisfied with with something that we put out, then I think that we would stop. Or we, what's what would be the point then? Because we're cha- we're chasing something. But we're never actually it's the carrot in front of the you know we're as creators artists musicians whatever you're you're are we're never going to fully be satisfied with it because i think once you are satisfied you're done for sure yeah i mean also yeah like in this day and age more people are re-recording and re-releasing and i think there's more comfort with the idea that you know a song isn't just a master but is you know a set of ideas or even like a set of stems or whatever like so yeah you can always do more stuff down the road um with like a particular song or set of songs um and like even you know like nail the mix putting out like you know stems for people to mix and stuff like i think it's cool and there should be more of that so um Absolutely, yeah, I, yeah i just i i think what you could focus on is promotion and and pu- pushing this shit a little bit dude i mean i'm kind of like pissed i didn't know about i mean i knew of you <laughs> and nobody forced it down my throat i mean anthony's great at showing me stuff uh in the chat right when i need it but i'm like why didn't i hear about this five years ago so yeah the right. reason why you didn't hear about it is because i am the worst promoter i am not i'm not the person to just go in and be like here you go like i okay i'll post it once but i'm scared to post it twice because i don't want people to be like i've already seen your shit like later (laughs) you know so yeah it's a tight um, rope and there are people who push their shit a little much and you're like all right dude i get it and it like kind of turns you off a little bit but i mean um i think you're you're far from that so totally dude I think I'm definitely definitely a lot more people need shit. to yeah. a lot more people need to know about you, dude. And then I think that the anomalous thing will get your name out there a little bit more too, because that's a more known name, you know, in mm-hmm. the in our bubble. So I mean, everybody's kind of freaking out that I I see every day somebody talking about anomalous coming back, you know, and so that's really cool. That's exciting, and then you're a part of that. So then that's when you. Uh, you uh last you you, what's that rubber band effect your your shit right after that you Mm -hmm. shoot out some more cm lanyon stuff the sl2 dude i have something brewing um i have about four songs finished uh they need a a little love here and there um but then i'm struggling with writer's block here and there uh so i'm not taking a break from it just not putting it on the back burner just be like hey you just chill for a minute i need to go have an experience you know yeah come back to it and anomalous is definitely helping with that like very much now i'm i have new rip ideas that 
are appropriate. So I have like a, a division of riffs. So I'm like, okay, there's riffs that are anomalous appropriate. And then there's riffs that are not anomalous appropriate. And the reason why I say they're not anomalous appropriate is because I'm being a little selfish and putting them for Sam Lanyon, <laughs> Sam Lanyon <laughs> stuff. So yeah. uh, it's cooking. It's just cooking slowly because I, I'm a little more focused on anomalous right now. So yeah, right we, on. Working on cognitive dissonance recreate um, was a blast to say the least. Uh, what we have done as far as the atmosphere of the album, I cannot wait. It's 10 days from now. Sick. So the release and it, I'm just excited that people are going to hear it. Um, it's <laughs> one of the things that helped getting it done too was Tim. Tim knows how to make decisions. So my problem is, is I can sit there on one theme and spend hours on it. Tim working with Tim was a breeze because it was nice to have somebody else there after working by myself for so long. It was nice to have somebody else there go and be like, that's it. That's the one. Don't do anything else. Yeah, that's, mm -hmm. that's good. That's perfect. Like, let's move on. And I'm like, are you sure there's nothing else? He's like, I'm positive. Let's go. Like, don't touch it. It's it's marinated. It's ready. Let's move on. And I'm like, okay. So it was nice to have somebody there to be like, okay, like, <laughs> like, don't spend too yep. much time on it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can definitely get into the vortex of. You know, getting stuck on one part and perfecting one well, it's thing. Also, it's also because I have the fear of like listening to it after it's finalized and going, you know what I could have done also. Because like sometimes my brain will like find gaps of it'll be like two milliseconds of like that part's boring. <laughs> so <laughs> I can I'll go back and you know refine it and tweak it again. So it was pretty cool uh when there was like a couple of like week breaks and stuff um and i'd send it to tim like hey this is what i have found in this part you know to like make things a little bit more entertaining what do you think about it he's like dude that's perfect like you've captured everything you've and and more and like now the you know the recreate just he's probably more excited <laughs> than i am or i'm more excited than he is i don't know all i know is uh Getting the feedback from the guys, you know, like Nate, Max, everyone, you know, like Nate was like, dude, everything you've done here for this is like super sick, by the way. You know, it was it was an amazing feeling hearing that, you know, definitely. Like, OK, like I think I think it's ready. Like, I don't need to mess with it anymore. Like the fact that everyone's saying like, this is this is great. Let's send it. Let's print it get some merch that's it's done like we're, oh, we're yeah. good so yeah we're excited too dude and the fact that you guys are yeah re the the project's getting reinvigorated and the the first release is getting its you know its proper you know package you know because I, I i remember coming across that uh back in the day because it was a brutal bands release or something I think it was mm. brutal plans, and uh, I loved it. But yeah, it was the the mix that was lacking. You know, it, yeah. had, it had so much more potential, and you could understand that. And it's still a great record, and I listened to it so much. But it, you know, that was the one thing where I was like, 
if this was mixed better, this would be, you know. Yeah. And Nate, way better than it is. Nate already did a fan, Nate did a fantastic job on that too. Like he so sending it to him, like when he sent like the mix downs at first, I was like, fuck, this this sounds like it's ready to go. But then he sent the file of it with a master. And then I popped that in the workshop and I'm like, I cannot believe what this what this sounds like now. Like then I go back and compare it to the 2006 EP. I'm like, dude, there's it sounds fresh. Hell like, yeah, dude. It's, it sounds like a whole nother band. And it's mm-hmm. it's um so yeah, now now it gets I, its proper uh debut and, and you're a part of it, dude. And then this means there's gotta be some new anomalous stuff in the future too, right? You guys talking about dude, that? There is there is new. I can't divulge too much, you know, info, oh, but good. all I can say is uh it's insane. Hell yeah. It is fucking insane. We are very busy. Tim's already writing lyrics. Um uh there's there's a lot of plans and it's uh <sighs> i'm excited excited and curious to see what the end result is like gonna sound like because already me and tim have already like did the topsy-turvy slopes of the three landscapes of one song already and it's <sighs> <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say about That's it. Super it's super cool, it's, dude. It's definitely, it's new, it's fresh, and it's uh, yeah. We have a long road ahead of us, but mm-hmm. I'm really excited to to see where it's gonna go. Well, I think that the world will be happy to hear the new record, or the recreation record, and then also anything you guys were to do after that you know we would all accept it with open arms you know Hell yeah. so just just let it let it let it do its thing dude i mean i love that uh we've kind of been able to keep an eye on this project ever since you know nate came back he came on the show i don't i forget what his episode was his first episode and then we dragged max out of the out of the cave and onto the show and then he started streaming and then one thing leads to another and you hear anomalous is coming back and i think i just think it's so cool that like the yeah everybody's like you know we gave juicing everybody push. up again yeah everybody's juicing each other up you know oh here we go beat it out hashtag beat it out <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah dude but yeah dude this is awesome dude sam you're a rad dude we could talk to you for a long time, bro. It's already 11, though. We got... Yeah. I got to go take a shower. Oh. I haven't even showered after work today, dude. I kind of oh, I kind of smell, and I put on this new uh, Gorgut shirt for you guys, and I'm probably mad. That's a got sick Gorgut video. shirt. Yeah, dude. I ordered <laughs> it. Uh, it was because I went to that that show at the Warfield, and, and Luke gave me a erosion shirt, but I left in the awe of the night forgetting that I wanted uh, a tour shirt. So this is a, a Obscura shirt with the dates mm. on the back. So I, th- there was an opportunity afterwards, I guess they had leftover merch where, where they might have were doing another print or something because I pre-ordered it when 
somehow they did like a pre-order thing through the Gorgut's Facebook or some shit like that. And I was like, oh yeah, dude, I can, I haven't actually had a tour shirt in a while that shows, you know, evidence of a show that I went to, you know? So why not Hell get yeah. the fucking Obscura artwork? Look at that, dude. I love that. Okay, so dude. sick, dude. The strings across the fucking skull. Yeah. Looks like a harp. I'd love to sample. It'd be like, yeah, like some evil cannibal Colts fucking band is playing this instrument, dude. Right. Yeah. On, on the Friday night cookout, cooking, <laughs> cooking up some neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. All right, dudes. Well, this was oh, rad, yeah. dude. Um, thank you uh, for giving us your time, Sam. Uh, we'd love to have you back. I, you know, we need to get Tim on because we we have to get the full roster now. You, you know? definitely need to get yeah. Tim on, dude. He's huge. Tim and I would definitely. Yeah. Me and Native talked about Tim. Me and Tim have similar interests in film and stuff like that too. So we might have to do a little film tangent when he's on too. But uh, yeah, I'd love to have Tim on and. You know, it's cool that the, that record's coming out. You said December 31st? That's yeah, December 31st is a Cognitive Dissonance EP release. Hell yeah, dude. You can rock that shit out. Your, your New Year's Eve parties, dude. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> All right, Hell dude. Yeah. Quick, uh, yeah, dude. quick spitfire. Speaking of spitfire, uh, the fucking plugs. Battleforgecoffee.com, generatorrehearsalstudios.com, calideathpodcast.bigcartel.com. Uh, what you? Which? What was your Sam? Uh, mine was uh, Anomalous. You can find. I wish I knew the actual website. It's kind of a long one. Give me a second. But yeah, we have pre-orders up for Cognitive Dissonance uh, EP. We have. So it is anomalousmetal.bigcartel.com. You can find our package or pre-order packages for the cognitive dissonance. You will get a the package itself. It comes with a CD, a T-shirt, and a poster. We also have the indivi- uh, the individual items being sold: the poster, T-shirt, and CD. And you will also find uh, copies of Omnivalent there if you haven't bought your copy back in 2011. Yep, yep. Nice. I got mine, and I got my Pillars of Perversion Ontogeny OG Hell yeah. physical copy of that shit too, and that's prized possession right there. All right, shout out to all you guys in the chat. Love you. Um, have a great holiday. We're not going to be back until the. Are we coming back uh, at the end of the month? Is that what it is? What was? There's we're not coming back this. We're just skipping this week. Yeah, a week from this week, so a week from this week. A week from today. (laughs) We'll be back first week of January. Yeah, you guys, go spend some time with your family. You Feel free to go watch old episodes. Yeah, Yeah, I was going to say, catch that that one you skipped. (laughs) (laughs) There's 160 of them you can pick from now. God damn. But yeah, dude, you guys all rule. Sam, you rule. Resident homies, you rule. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, rock on. We'll see you next whenever. <laughs> yes, Cheers. Sir. Cheers, Cheers, brothers. Did I take the video? Yeah. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs>